From News Talk 1110 and 99.3, WBT. This is Good Morning BT with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman. Now, I don't know anything. I just had to find a song that had a baby at the start of it. But don't don't read in to this that I actually know whether it's a boy or a girl because I don't. And by the way, Beth is off again today. I really wish she was here for this, but yeah. you know the news waits for nobody. And uh, boom, and uh, Bernie yesterday after the show, he and Emma went, as we've told you before, that they are expecting a child. And yesterday, you found out the gender of the child, right, Bernie? Like I know this is true because you posted it on uh, on Instagram, and I said yesterday I was gonna. Do everything I could not to to look at that and not to know what it is, and and, and Zoki doesn't know either. You know, I didn't see it. That's true. I'm not on Instagram. Zoki's not on Instagram. He's not a cool kid. He's not 12. So, so uh, it's put it's, it on TikTok where I can see it. It's another day where uh, we don't have the song of the day because uh, we don't know what Beth's song was. So when she gets back, there's going to be this massive backlog. I think one one segment full of just songs, uh, so we can catch up on the queue. But so Beth is not here today. Um, I know that she's here in spirit because we're, we we made a point to wait till uh, Zoki got in here and I got in here and we didn't look and we didn't see anything on social media. Are we going to have a gender reveal here in the studio? I don't know, Bernie. Do are we have like we? a golf ball to hit or a baseball <laughs> look out, or something? Look at the fire outside that I started in the field. <laughs> what color is look it? Look at the color of the smoke. It's all black because no one can see outside It's dark. Right now. It's green. No, I'm just no. kidding. Uh, do you want me to play the video that I posted, Bo? Yeah, you you have it right there. It's on my phone. Yeah, sure, right. sure. I mean, this is uh, and again, this is breaking. Good morning, BT News. Bernie and his uh, his wife Emma found out yesterday the gender of their baby, and now we are learning on the radio. It's a boy. It's a boy. <laughs> so my song was wrong. <laughs> it's okay. And I'm crying in the video. <laughs> you are? I'm crying in the video. And then Emma curses, so I can't play the rest oh. of the video. Did you say I'm not crying, you're crying? I'm not crying. You start crying. crying? Yeah, I'm really excited. Congratulations. Thank That's you awesome. so much. That's Thank awesome. you. Do you so, guys have names picked yet? Or? Uh, we do have a name in mind. It's so still kind of up final. in the air. No, it's right. not final. But, uh, do, we get, have, do we have the listeners vote? Yes. The well, listeners I, will vote, and we'll go with whatever the listeners go with. That's as how the it's going to work. Yeah, but Laser, and, and, and laser and, is number one. So if you can't, Laser is the name. I mean, we're yeah. going to go with Laser Bowls. <laughs> just kind of, it just makes sense. It's going to be a, a it football sounds player. sounds like Mike Myers. I just wanted a freaking laser. I wanted a shark with <laughs> laser, a freaking laser. Or I always laser. think of those, uh, those uh, in, in the 80s, uh, 80s music radio, late, late, late laser. Laser <laughs> rock. <laughs> that is a good <laughs> radio. <laughs> that's a good radio name for yeah. a kid. Laser. We actually do love the name Sutton. 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 And uh, my dad's middle name is Ray, so we would miss Sutton Ray. Okay. Sutton Ray Laser. Sutton Ray Laser, yeah. Blazer, um, Kimball Walker Bowls. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Kimball Walker. Congratulations. Hey, thanks. thanks so much, Mark. Mark, awesome. I, Mark uh, came in this morning and was like, ah, I don't want to know on it. Just tell me. Just tell me. And yeah. he is I, the, I had to know early. Yeah. Just and Mark is the godfather, right? Yes. <laughs> We've already made that. <laughs> of all of our kids. Yeah. Literally. Literally the godfather. <laughs> Yes, of all of our kids. He's actually my godfather. Sure. <laughs> remember, when yeah. he held, remember when he held Bo as a child <laughs> at Tweetsie? Right. He held me at Tweetsie. Now he's on the news anchor. That's right. There you go. Well, so I was telling Bernie, I said, um, uh, uh, maybe we should open up the phones for advice. 
You know, Absolutely. Ooh, that's a good idea because I started now. I started giving him advice on discipline this morning, didn't I, Bernie? You did, you yeah. did. I don't know if Boomer's back there, but I also I also talked to oh, Boomer. Yeah. yeah, I got yes, Boomer. Way to go, Bernie! Hey, thanks, Boomer. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, you, man. So, congratulations. Boomer has a son. I have a son. Zoki has a son. Yeah. Garrison has a son. Yeah, I got, Garrison has I have, many uh, sons. Just to backtrack, you do know how this happened, right? <laughs> <laughs> No, you don't want to. We used I to can't go, remember. We used to go into a restaurant. Like Mark does kids. it because Mark's got like nine of them. So yeah, we, well, we had six, and we would go into a restaurant. No kidding. And yeah. I, I had this little eighteen or nineteen year old waitress ask me once, "Don't you know what causes that?" <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. I've got an even better story, and I, I think I've told this at one point, or but I don't think I've told it to you guys. So, <laughs> I had a buddy who came into town uh, and visited me, and uh, he was he lived in, in somewhere else. So we were sitting in my car, and, and my grandparents were with us, and they're both passed on now. Uh, so I can say this and laugh about it now. But so we're in the car, and and um, and he says, uh, "Do you have any children?" My grandmother says this, and he says, "Yes, uh, we have a we have a daughter. She was born about eight months ago." And she says, uh, uh, "Was she born in Buffalo?" And and she says, uh, "No." And she goes, "Was she conceived in Buffalo?" <laughs> <laughs> I've never forgotten that. So <laughs> there are two qu- two natural oh, questions, man. but anyway. So look, um, we, we obviously uh, can offer all kinds of advice to Bernie because we're all we have all raised boys or are in the process of raising boys. But uh, you know, you know how this show works. Seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten. Bernie is going to be the father. He's going to have a son soon, and uh, well, this is your opportunity. Uh, listening right now, what should Bernie know? What would you like Bernie to know that he may not know yet? Hey, Bernie. Yes. I can chip in on that real quick. Yes. Congratulations to you and Emma. This is great news. I Thank hope you. your son is born two things, healthy and with his mama's brains. Same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I couldn't I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> that's, that's if they have that, you're in good shape, too. man. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully, hopefully let's the mom's looks, too. Let's Always three. with let's mama's look. brains. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Always. Yes. <laughs> Jim, let's go looks, too. Let's go looks, too, on that one. <laughs> No, see, I've got one of each. So I told Bernie beforehand, I said, I got you either way. You know, I can tell you. I have an older daughter and a younger son, but, you know, completely different rule, different rule books. But uh, Well, if it's born on September 1st, I have to name him Bo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. That would be a la- laser bow. Right? Laser. Blazer. <laughs> yeah. Well, it would have to be blazer at that point. He's just a bow laser. Everything's a B, yeah. If you uh, if you have a kid and you name it Laser, then every time I see it, I'm going to say lock it in and rip the knob off. <laughs> Locked in. Laser rock. Yes. Yeah, rock has to be the most. When he's born, I'll just post a picture. You know how Fitterer had the laser eyes. Yeah, I'll just I'll just laser. have his eyes as yeah. lasers. All right. So hey, look, the, the, the congratulations. Academy. Yes, absolutely. It, congratulations. And uh, now the secret is out. Bernie's going to be he's going to be the father of a son. Very soon. I would say sleep now, but you get up at 3 in the morning as it is now, probably. It's true. I don't so. sleep already, so. Yeah, you're going to be used to that. Yeah, i used to it. Yeah. And that's not, that's, that's boys and girls, trust me. Mm-hmm. Hey, All Bernie, right. You're looking at September? Yeah, September 4th wow, is the due date. Man. Wow, that means it really could be on my birthday. Yeah, yeah, it's September 4th is what they're saying. Right? Wow. We could name it Huey. Yeah, oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's little, baby, what, little baby Huey. Yeah. Or, Football uh, season. Or Larry. <laughs> Or Larry. Okay, name it Buckhorn. These are great. Buckhorn Bowls. These are great modern children names. <laughs> Huey and Larry. Huey, Larry, Van Halen Bowls. <laughs> you just check all the boxes. The best that he could. And I only hope when I have my own family. Every day I see a little more of my father in me. That's Bernie. He's going to be the dad, the newest dad here in a few months, and we just found out here on the 50,000 Watts. 
that he's going to be the father of a boy. Are we notified next of kin? I mean, we're just <laughs> announcing it on AM radio. My parents yet either. Is, is this how they you find guys out? First, Emma didn't even know. <laughs> She's going to be really upset that she didn't find out before Bo and me. I just texted her. She knows. <laughs> you just texted her. She, just, she knows now. In case she wasn't listening to yeah. the show, Bernie texted Emma and said, "Listen to the podcast." <laughs> So what was her reaction? Was she, uh, like, I asked you yesterday, but uh, but for people who weren't with us, so were you all going into this hoping it would be one thing or the other, or did you communicate that to each other, or did you just sort of keep that to yourself? So I think we were both kind of hoping for a boy just because there's so many girls in my family. Mm-hmm. We need some reinforcements. I mean, I'm, I'm not lying. Man. Somebody I, to carry on the, le- the <laughs> legacy. The legacy of the bulls. Nate. The lineage, if you will. Um but I am the only boy in my family. I have four older sisters. One of my sisters is my twin sister, so I am the youngest by one minute, literally, as Brett Jensen would say, literally, one minute. <laughs> and um, I, I, just, I really wanted a boy, but like I said yesterday, I just wanted a healthy baby. Mm-hmm. And all the other uh, tests that we ran for Emma came back great. So the baby is in good shape right now. Hopefully it stays that way, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, we were, we were kind of hoping for a boy. Uh, but we would have been happy either way. Now, see, I uh, I was one of three boys growing up, and uh, and so in my family, we didn't know what to do with girls. I mean, you know, there was mom, and then nobody else, and then then and then so we had a girl. So I didn't know what to do for the longest time, and all this stuff was new to me. And then our second child was a boy. Now I'll tell you, with the boy, you can kind of go back and relive a lot of the stuff that you did as a boy, as a kid. You know, I mean, my son and I went through Scouts, and you know, he went through the, his phases watching the Star Wars movies and all. But you know, but but it, it's we have one of each, and 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 I have loved that because I've I've gotten to sort of experience the, the differences on, on on both sides of it. But we have people who uh, want to chime in with some advice for Bernie, the soon-to-be dad that we just found out uh, breaking news on uh, this this show that he works on uh, that he's going to have. No other radio station had this. That's right. Till, till we talked Exclusive. about it this morning. That's right. FNZ did not have this. They did not. Um, Shannon is on line one. Shannon, you got some advice for Bernie here. Hi, Shannon. Good morning. Congratulations. Thank you, Shannon. I appreciate it. Um, There must be something in the water because I had a great-grandson that was born November the 19th. I have another great-grandson that's going to be born June 1st. Oh, my gosh. And everybody I know is having boys lately. Everybody. It's got to be something in the water. Got to be something in the water. I love it. And, um, uh, but... I take care of newborn babies at night so the mom and daddies can sleep. So that's the reason I'm just now getting home from work. Oh, wow. And well, Bernie's in the market for a babysitter. <laughs> that's so that's perfect timing that you called. <laughs> now, now, Shannon, uh, you uh, do you have advice for Bernie? Yes. Winky down. <laughs> what, what was that? Yes. Winky goes down. Okay. When you're changing the diaper. Uh, oh, okay. I thought you meant to stop babies from happening. Okay, okay. <laughs> I think you'd interpret that many different ways. That was... <laughs> okay, fantastic. All right. <laughs> Shannon. Have a good day. You too. <laughs> you too, Shannon. I think we might just wrap the show up for the day and come back tomorrow. No, that's awesome. 704-570-1110 if you have... Uh, more advice for Bernie, the, the soon-to-be dad, and we found out today it's going to be a boy, and uh, winky dim. I think you should text that to, to Emma right now. She's probably listening. Yeah. Yep. Uh, All right. That'll stop it from happening. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> 
I was uh, not expecting that at all. No, I, <clears throat> I'm a bit stopped in my tracks there. So, uh, what what about you, Jim? Would you do? You, do you have any uh, advice for for Bernie here, your best friend? Well, uh, he is my best friend, and of course, I am as the godfather to the child, as we announced earlier. Um, <laughs> they actually sent the results directly to Jim first before I knew. Right. Jim knew. Jim knew first. But we, we had a boy and a girl. I will tell you, you already know the gender. Obviously, they're, they're both so awesome in in both ways. Of having a boy and a girl, two different experiences, obviously. But uh, I mean, just in, I will say this: the first year and a half or whatever you'll take pictures like on a daily basis you have ten thousand pictures and just like every little nuance uh, of what they grow up and then they just it just takes off it's amazing how just enjoy all of it enjoy the baby part enjoy the toddler part enjoy first day of elementary school and we have a grandchild now who will be three in april and so we kind of get to relive that as uh, being older but i tell you it's just like they grow up they say so fast and it's true but just enjoy all of those different experiences of the different ages they go through and all that stuff because Bo and I both have kids in their 20s now so it's just like it's so it just really does go flying by when do they start saying right here right here <laughs> once they visit with Bo usually because <laughs> yes. he takes them into production and or, or Brad Krantz or, or yeah yeah <laughs> yeah right here let's <laughs> see uh, or you could take that home and play that for them too yeah you I could it. I could cut it right here there, there it is but every age brings us again different experiences you know and yeah. you, always, you always think back like you think about little league and first day of school and all that stuff but there's just so many little nuanced things I mean with a baby obviously the first time they stand up and walk or say a word or any of that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just going to be awesome. So a couple of things about what Zoki just said, and I agree with everything you said, but it makes me think of a, of a few things. Number one, um, this is something that we have done in, in my house, and I think it's been a cool thing because we grow, we're now in an era where you take pictures on your phone all the time. Um, and we grew up at a time where if you took pictures, you had to get them, go get them developed, and then you, you got the ones you liked, and sometimes you put them in a photo album. So we, every year, my wife and I, at the end of the year, go back through our phones and choose our favorite pictures and get them uh, you know, printed and put them in a photo album that we sort of accumulate that goes in our den so that you can actually go and sit back and look at the pictures as in a physical form mm -hmm. and I know you can do that on your phone anytime but because they're on your phone there's you, something better about you don't it, tend to collect them album. like that yeah um, the other thing is, if you end up having more than one, as Zoki said, you're, you're going to take every picture of every little thing and record all the stuff in the early years. And then if, it's, if you end up just having one, uh, eventually that sort of you get out of the habit of doing that. But if you have uh, three kids like my parents did, <laughs> not so much with two because we have a boy and a girl, but I grew up uh, the oldest of three boys. And my youngest brother will tell you that if you look back at my baby book that my parents made, it's got every little detail of every little thing all the way through. I was like probably 15. And then my middle brother, you know, there's a good bit of documentation. My third brother's like, there's like a day I was born and then that's it. <laughs> yeah, I was the third of three. It's kind of like, yeah, there's like not as many to sift through as uh, my older brother and sister. <laughs> Very little record that you even existed. Exactly. <laughs> oh, look, it's another child. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And Mark, you've got you've got lots of lots of kids. You know what I'm talking about here. Yeah, like like yeah, the youngest one probably has no, has no record of even being born. <laughs> well, very few pictures of him by comparison. That's the truth. Yes. Mark, Mark calls him. Which one are you? <laughs> Listen, until they were, I used to think their names were stop, quit, and don't because that's all we ever said to them. That's right. Well, uh, as they say, uh, winky down. 
Winky down. Well, <laughs> that is great advice for diaper changing a boy, by the way. Hey, uh, yes. when we come back, I'll tell you something else that happened that was pretty cool um, about a week ago. And uh, it is along the lines of these moments that you capture along the way. Because uh, when I, I was, I actually called in to the show that I was working on the day my daughter was born. Um, and there's a story that goes along with that, and it sort of came full circle a few days ago, and it just reminded me of that. As we're talking about Bernie, who just found out yesterday he's going to be the father of a, a baby boy in a few months. Yeah. We, we knew they were having a baby, but we didn't know till yesterday what it was, what the gender was. So congratulations to Bernie. And thank you guys. Really, the, thank you guys very much, all of you guys. As the show goes on today, if you uh, if it hits you to call us and offer some advice to Bernie, like you know, winky down seven zero four. Five seven zero eleven. He's also accepting cash and diapers. <laughs> yeah. you know, so anything, if you want to drop you it go. by the station, yeah. uh, Venmo as well. Stockpile those diapers <laughs> now. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Bo Thompson riding solo today. Beth Troutman is off. Jim Zoki is here. He'll be back in a moment. Uh, he went down the hall to get some coffee. Bernie just told us to start the show today that uh, he found out yesterday afternoon that he and his wife Emma are having a baby boy it's true so, so congratulations man i know Thank it's a, it's all you know sinking in and it's all getting real but it's, it's it'll get real in the best possible way it's best best thing that'll ever happen to you uh, it'll make you nervous it'll also uh, make you grow up a bit um, we've told the story on the air before um, we got into the conversation one day, and uh, it was about when to have kids. And I always relay the thing my dad said to me, because at one point in time I asked him, I said, Dad, how do you know when you're ready to have a, a kid? Like, Because if, if you do the numbers, like if you run you'll the numbers on how, how much you'll spend on a child uh, during the duration of the child, then it'll uh, basically <laughs> convince you not to have a kid. Yes. But – he said to me, um, that day, that perfect day is never going to come. When, when everything is how it should be, that you think you have enough money, and enough, you just do it when you're ready. And uh, the responsibility of that, you'll, you'll do what you have you to do. You'll figure it out along you'll the way. You'll figure it out along the way. And he was right. And now we have two kids, and they're both almost grown. Now, uh, Zoke mentioned before the break that um, you had a story about the day that – your kid, yours was born, and you were working. Yeah, my daughter Holly. So my first child was two years earlier, Andy, and he was two weeks late. So they, it was one of those things they just scheduled it because it was just like you can't stay any longer than two weeks late. And then my daughter uh, was squatter. Uh, Andy sounds like a squatter. Yeah, I know, and he still kind of <laughs> was. You know, he became that person. Uh, but um, our, my daughter was born. Was like they didn't know exactly when it was going to happen. And of course, it happens in that five-hour window. While I'm here doing a morning show. So I had to make the call. I think I probably, I, I'm not even kidding. I think I had to call Carl Pedrosia. I'm thinking I called <laughs> Carl Pedrosia. I got to leave. I'm sure I recorded something to leave uh, behind or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it was like about this time in the morning. I know it was like in the six o'clock hour. And by lunchtime, Holly was born. She she was not a squatter. She was just like, let's go. Get, <laughs> let's get to work here. Uh, so I had both experience, boy and a girl, late. Unexpected time while working, so they're just uh, is every every situation's different. So, when my daughter was born, um, I was working with Keith Larson. I was his uh, one of his producers, and so we got into a discussion on the air. When he found out this was all happening, of course, he made it into a recurring thing on the show, as, as Larson liked to do. And so we went through the whole process, and then we got all the way up to the point where um, it was the morning where she was due 
you know, she was her due date, and we went to the hospital, and I took the time off. But then, of course, he wanted me to call him, and he told this story about how uh, he remembered being in the same thing. He said, uh, "When you hear that the baby's coming uh, and everything is set, and you're in the room," and he said, "Then I went and I went and got a cheddar melt." And, and then and, and, and he talked about, you know, cravings that his, his wife had, uh, what she wanted. And he started going through this whole process. And so I called him all during this stuff, and, and he was laughing. And then the day that my daughter was born, I uh, told him that I'd call him. So I was I – was, I, I, my daughter was born overnight, and then I went home to get some stuff at the house. And so I called him on that drive, and he thought it was the funniest thing in the world that I got the baby's weight wrong. Like uh, the baby was – six pounds seven ounces and i said seven pounds eight, eight ounces and i went wait a minute was it six or six? and he he thought that was the craziest funniest thing ever that i was off by a little bit and it i was is, like it is pretty hilarious though. <laughs> you're so, working on zero sleep i'm sure exactly what an idiot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then again i'm thinking is that genius is that a real big faux pas like that i really messed something up is my wife gonna be me? but anyway so i remember that part of it and we sort of chronicled the whole thing and somewhere i have the tape of all this but i say all of this to uh, and, and look, uh, about a week ago, um, I went to Jim Barrel's memorial, mm. and and Keith Larson walked in and sat down in front of me. I was sitting with Hancock, and so we're talking and kind of catching up because I hadn't seen Keith in a while. And um, I, I had a, a cool opportunity to tell Keith that uh, that tape that I have of those conversations about my daughter being born when I took her to college. Year before last, uh, we decided, we took two cars because one car had a bunch of her stuff in it, and then uh, we needed a second car to get all that. And so my wife drove one car, and I, I drove the other with her. And so we kind of had that time driving to Winston-Salem. And uh, in when we got in the car, I, I, I pulled out a, a, a CD, and I said, I got something I want you to hear. And I popped it in, and I played for her on that hour trip the conversation about the day she was born. She'd never heard it. I don't think she even knew that I had it. Mm. And uh, so it was this cool moment, full circle, where I, I we sort of got to listen to that on the day she was born. And then I, I told Larson about that a few days ago. So that was pretty cool. I said, you remember that day? And he said, yeah, yeah. I said, well, <laughs> I said, when I took my daughter to school, she listened to that for the first time and kind of heard what it, what was going wish, through my head. What was my dad? I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They collect photo albums. They keep current with photo albums. He's got production that's about the birth. I well, mean, it just it kind of reminds me of that when you're a kid. There's so many things that you remember that your parents don't even think twice about. Like I will I will bring things up to my dad, and I love my dad. He's a fantastic father. But I will bring things up to him that are so clear and crisp in my mind. I can remember them like they were yesterday. Things he said that just impacted me so deeply. And he won't even remember it. And I'm really looking forward to those kind of moments. And hopefully I can fill my kid with the moments where they're just they're just happy, where, you know, you said this thing that really rang true with me or really changed my trajectory in life. Like there was a lot of times my dad has said things to me and I don't think he understands the depth that, you know, it it reaches. And I think that's probably my most I'm looking forward to most with having a having a child. Now, right on brand with a second child, you know, I have no, uh, I have no audio proof that my son was even born. <laughs> when, when, it, when it's the first kid, it's like everything is brand new and in the face. And then the second time you around. Tell your daughter, I wish you got the card now. We're not sharing this with your brother because <laughs> there isn't one. That's right. All right. 643 on News Talk 1110 WBT. Uh, so we're talking about Bernie today. We just found out that he's going to have a boy. And uh, what very well could be my birthday because it's within striking distance. Uh, September 4th is the due date, right? That's it. That's it. Yeah. September 4th. And sometimes they're stubborn. Sometimes they wait. And then sometimes they come early. So you never know. Well, they happen during the show. You never <laughs> yeah. know. Oh. Yeah. It's going to start at 5.01. In, in fact, we want to put a request. Have it happen during the show. And we'll do like a live play-by-play. We'll have a George. George on standby. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs>
643 on WBT Traffic Check Now. Here's Boomer Von Cannon. And Bernie and Emma, get your sleep now while you can. That's true. Yeah. Bo Thompson, Jim Zoki, Bernie Bowles in the house. Beth is off today. So we talked a little bit about this yesterday, but now that uh, Zoke's back in the house, and I've been searching during the break for some uh, some numbers, some TV numbers on how the NBA All-Star Game did a couple of nights ago. I'm curious. I can't imagine they're going to be good at all. In fact, I, I would assume they'd probably be among the worst <laughs> they've ever seen. I mean, 211 to 186. When you lose by, what, 25 points and you score 186 points, Zoke, I mean, where where are we with this game now, in your opinion? I think I don't think you can fix it, first of all, and I don't think they should even try. I don't think you can incentivize them to play that hard in an all-star game. And so I think you just need to lead it, just let it be the Harlem Globetrotters. Just let them be the Globetrotters. It's an entertaining basketball. Throw a bucket of confetti. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> do all the tricks that Curly Neal and Goose Tatum did. I mean, just uh, just leave it alone. I watched about five minutes of it, and I didn't leave because, like, oh, this is a sham of a game. I just wasn't interested in that. But I think there are people that like to seeing all the stars and LeBron and everybody on one court at the same time. Uh, so if you're into just you know that collection of players and appreciate kind of their, their abilities and that it's just going to be an offensive uh, showcase, if you will, as opposed to a game, let it go. I switched over to American Idol because uh, Blake Prohl was on there, Ricky Prohl's son from East Carolina, Providence High School mm-hmm. and the NFL, and uh, he not only knocked it out of the park, they said he could win American Idol, which I don't even watch American Idol, and it got me back interested in watching that. So I'll probably follow him this season to see how he does. He picked up, like, he played the piano. I guess he learned during covid how to play the piano, and he is amazing. <laughs> yeah, we, we played, and I actually uh, wouldn't have known about this because I'm not watching Idol like I did back in the day when it first started. But uh, you tweeted about it uh, a couple nights ago, so we played a clip of it, of, the, of Blake, uh, during this hour yesterday, and you're right. I mean, he he is legit talented, and, and you won't hear about it for a while because they have to go through the audition process that they've already recorded for, what, like a month? Mm-hmm. And then eventually they'll get to the next round where you'll see him uh, compete again. But, uh, you know, the son of Ricky Prohl, the pride of the Panthers, and the Wake Forest Demon Deacons back in the day. And uh, Where did he audition? Where was this audition held? Do you guys know? Ooh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I wonder if it was near I just saw the segment. area. Yeah, you're right. They do it all over the country yeah. in different places. Yeah, so I'm not, not even sure. sure. Okay. So, um, so yeah, we'll keep, keep watch on him. Now, uh, the All-Star game, uh, back to that for a second, because, again, I, I have not seen the final numbers for it, but something's got to be done. I mean, I, 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 I did not see the entire game because I had to go to bed, but I saw the highlights yesterday, and the highlight they kept playing was this one of uh, Luka Doncic launching a shot from, like, <laughs> not, what, like maybe, like, 20 feet behind half court and, and doesn't even have a remote shot of going, and he just... He just launched it, and you're like, "Oh, what is this? What? What are we?" I mean, and I don't. I mean, if you if you watch the NBA All Star games back in the '80s and the '90s, they were competitive. And I heard somebody say yesterday, "Well, it's an easy answer. You've got to make it worth their while. You got to pay them more." And I guess by that logic, okay, like I don't like it in principle because uh, you should want to be an All Star for the honor of being an All Star and compete. But if you take that logic and apply it to the to the uh, the tournament, the in-season tournament, that was competitive. And they said, well, the main reason that was competitive is because you gave them an incentive, more money, to go after. It's kind of a sad commentary on where we are, but but uh, I guess that's probably the one thing, other than going the Bud Selig Major League Baseball, all right, let's, let's award the winning team 
you know, home court advantage in the NBA Finals or something like that. Well, as we all know, the NFL gave up. You know, yep. they're doing this kind of what I call superstars competition like they used to do back in the day where they're just doing these, uh, you know, some skill games and then just some kind of wackiness and stuff like that. So it's kind of this, you know, celebration of football thing they do where it's, you know, flag football is kind of the highlight event of that. And this is the flag football version of, of basketball. I would say just it's one event. It's one game. Um, they don't even play that hard in all the regular season NBA games, let alone something like an event like this. So just it's not going to happen. I mean, they can try to do whatever they want to try to incentivize them. It's just not going to happen. So just let it be. Have a celebration of showcasing some skills. Um, I think, you know, the dunk contest is still kind of interesting, things like that. But it's like, to me, it's just like, it just, but, it's, it's, it's just what it is. It's going to stay where it is. It's not going to become an event. It's a competitive. But what does it say when the guy that's the two-time repeat dunk championship or champion doesn't even play in the NBA? He plays in the G League. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and and, he, and he, look, it was cool what he did, but mm-hmm. then again, I'm like, can we really not get anybody to participate in this contest so you have to go to the developmental league to bring him in? And the guy's played four NBA games in his career. <laughs> so You know, I'd be interested to see someone. So Mac McClung. Mac uh, McClung, yeah. yeah. He, he was incredible. His high school mixtape, I remember him coming out of high school. I, the kid c- could dunk from age 12. Oh, I thought it was Macklemore. Okay. Yeah, Macklemore <laughs> McClung. But uh, I would be interested to see an average person off the street versus a professional. And then you get someone who's like a mixtape guy. You get the three levels there. You get the average Joe. I want to see what they can do. Tebow claimed in a tweet that he could score 15 to 20 points in the All-Star game. I would love to see that. Because of the lack of defense. How about, how about we go old school and, I don't know, LeBron James competes in the contest because Michael Jordan did and Vince Carter and, that, and Kobe Bryant. sailed. I know. I just, uh, now, Maybe Bronny will soon, but uh, we're not getting LeBron. I will say this. Uh, the the uh, Seth Curry, uh, Seth, the Steph Curry versus Sabrina Enescu, uh, that was cool. Mm-hmm. And they and, and next year and that talk, was competitive. Yeah, well, and that's probably the, the best competition of the weekend, honestly. And next year it's in San Francisco, and they're already predicting that next year Caitlin Clark, who will be in the WNBA by that point, they'll have Caitlin Clark and Sabrina and maybe Clay and Steph. You know, a foursome to compete. Oh, Clay will get benched for okay. <laughs> the shell of himself. <laughs> that's the only thing he's got left now. Um, okay, well, I, like I said, I haven't seen the ratings on the actual game itself, but I don't know what you do. I, I think last year was 4.6 million people tuned in to the All-Star game. That's it. So are we going half seas this year? I mean, again, 200, 211 points. Like I said yesterday, it's uh, it's not that there wasn't any defense. I think they were told by the refs they weren't allowed to play defense in that game. Because how else do you explain? I just love that Adam Silver like came down like, this year is going to be you know, competitive. We're not going to joke around and this and that. And they go and do the exact opposite, <laughs> like the least amount of defense, 400 points basically. Just there so they don't get fined. That's right. Essentially, yes. You're exactly right. <laughs> All right. From News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT, this is Good Morning BT with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman. News Talk 1110 WBT on this Tuesday, February 20th. Just days away now from the South Carolina primary. Coming up this weekend, and we welcome back to the WBT hotline. And by the way, Beth Troutman is off today, so it's just... Uh, yours truly solo here. We welcome to the hotline. He is a congressman from District 5 in South Carolina. Ralph Norman is back. Good morning to you. Uh, glad to be with you, Bo. 
Appreciate you being here. I, I want to start, and you are a well-known supporter of Nikki Haley. We talked to you a, a few weeks ago about the status of the race. And uh, one of the things that is uh, percolating this morning is that Nikki Haley's campaign uh, says that she's delivering a speech today to address the state of the presidential race. This is, as I understand, it's supposed to happen around noon. Uh, what do you know about that? Can you tell us anything about what we might expect to happen here? Well, what you will have is a, and I don't know the specifics, but uh, it'll be an inspiring speech. It'll be, as only Nikki can give, it'll be a plan for the future. And uh, it'll be a great, uh, great address that um, that she's excited about uh, giving. I do understand there'll be some new things, but I'll let her go through the details with that. All right. Well, you know I have to ask this because uh, people are going to speculate. It's a bit of an odd time to do the, a speech like this. Uh, is there any reason to believe that she may be giving this speech because she's going to get out of the race? I, I was with her all yesterday and all the stops in Camden and Greer and, and Greenville. And, no, she you know laid out her plans for after Saturday. And um, and it was you know she's 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 in this thing. Uh, now I'll let her put in her own words what what she wants to cover. But as of last night, it was a um, you know all hands on deck. She's moving like she has been with her schedule, and I think um, I think it'll be a great speech that um, that every everyone will enjoy. Okay, well, we'll uh, see what that entails later on today. Now, uh, as you look at the political landscape of who's doing what in South Carolina, uh, President Trump's announced that he's going to have a big rally on Friday night uh, ahead of uh, the, the, the vote on Saturday. I think he has a town hall meeting uh, coming up later tonight on Fox. Uh, what's the schedule looking like for Nikki Haley, uh, and, and how is it, uh, you know, what's the, what's the, the last-minute strategy as we get, head into the last hours of, of at least the ground, the ground plan in her home? home state well the, she, she'll have a big rally at mount pleasant friday and uh, the stops that she'll make this week or will continue and i don't know the specific cities because i i've got things i'm doing mm-hmm. today and tomorrow but uh the big rally will be in mount pleasant and then uh the party will be you know after the polls close on saturday in charleston so um, every minute has been filled to date, and on her bus tour, and it's a uh, uh, it's exciting to see the crowd she's she's getting, and her message has been great. Do you feel like, um, and you know Nikki Haley well, and you know South Carolina well? Do you think that she's getting some traction uh, in in the final days? I mean, what's the dynamic of the message that uh, you're hearing from people who come to these rallies? They're excited. I mean, they're standing ovations. The we had one in Rock Hill uh, on this week, and we had you know, the the room held 350 people. We had had to stop it at 600 because they were out the doors. And everywhere we go is like that. And she she's she's revved up. She's excited. She doesn't care about what polls show, and neither do I. Uh, she's as excited as she was when when she announced in February of last year. So. It's it's steadily built, and she was Nikki Who when she started, and now uh, everybody recognizes uh, her talent, and that's why they're coming to listen to her 
a vision for the future. Let me ask you uh, uh, about what's happening in Washington, and, and I, I've alluded to this with you before, but uh, things have developed since we last talked, even though it wasn't that long ago. So the the Senate uh, passes the uh, the foreign aid bill that uh, you know did not have any provisions in it for the border, so it's been somewhat controversial. Uh, Speaker Mike Johnson saying uh, yesterday that uh, he will not be jammed into passing a foreign aid package in the House. What's uh, what can you tell us about the status of this uh, this bill uh, being uh, you know making a uh, having a presence on the floor at some point and, and where is it in the process and where do you think it's going or not going? Well, I think it's it's hopefully going to be dead on arrival. We're, we're pushing Speaker Johnson to make sure the HR two, the strict border control bill, is in there. That's the crisis that we have in this country right now. The invasion they were having. We, we just. Uh, from a national security standpoint, can't continue. Now, um, I think the Senate has no, the bill they sent over uh, was dead on arrival, and as, as the Speaker said. But uh, the standalone provi- bill that uh, Ukraine had, which, uh, you know, had a lot of loopholes in it and a lot of questions about did it, was it really doing the job, is, is, the questions are still there. But what the Freedom Caucus and I, along with many others, are saying, make sure we close this border. And you have to have metrics in place that make this president do that, because if he had any intentions, he would have done it three and a half years ago when he took office, and he just doesn't. So that's our focus. And the other thing is it's got to have offsets. Any spending now has got to have cuts to pay for them. Uh, Borrowing more money makes absolutely no sense. Uh, so, and that goes with with Ukraine. It goes with Israel, and, and any more spending. And uh, this this uh, the Senate has no regard for that, and that's the challenge that we're facing. Congressman Ralph Norman, I always appreciate your time, sir. Thank you so much. Yeah. My pleasure. Thank you, both. Yes, sir. I'm been like the the Zoki News Network lately, <laughs> you know, because you've turned me on to a couple of stories. Uh, I wouldn't have known about the American Idol, Ricky Prohl, Blake Prohl is his name, but it's he's the son of Ricky Prohl who uh, auditioned the other night, and uh, I mean, we, we all believe, having heard that, that he's got a decent shot. I mean, the kid mm-hmm. can sing. So you, you brought that to my attention. You also texted me this weekend, Beth and me, about the, the Billy Joel song. This one right here that, by the way, Billy Joel has returned to the Hot 100. For the first time he's been on the chart. Say it like Casey Kasem. Jim? And for the first time. For the first time in nearly three decades, he's back on the Hot 100 chart. <laughs> that was great. That was so close, too. The long-distance dedication to Beth in Lake Norman. Beth in, in Troutman. Lake Norman says, Casey, can you play Billy Joel for me? Just... One more time. Now, well, you turned us onto the song. We didn't know about the yes. song initially. So I turned you onto the song, and then you this weekend uh, tipped me off to the video. Now I heard there was going to be a video for the song, but I had not watched it yet. 
So if you like the new Billy Joel song that we're playing right now, let's go ahead and finish it out. Have to. So I've made no secret. I, I love this song. It's mm. the best thing I've heard uh, in music in a long time. And it's that rare uh, time in, in, in life when something returns like that and you have all these these built-up expectations for what you want it to be. And to me, it, he knocked it out of the park. Now, the video then takes it one step further. If you have not seen the video, and I know we're on radio, so we can't really do justice to this without just simply saying, please, uh, next time you're able, you know, search it on your phone or wherever you just are. Go to YouTube, yeah. And bring up the video to his, uh, his new comeback song, Turn the Lights Back On, because to me, this is the most effective use of AI that I've seen. You know, they have the, the de-aging thing they do in movies. Uh, the first time I saw it done, I think, was uh, when they de-aged Samuel L. Samuel L. Jackson in that uh, Captain Marvel, Marvel movie a few years ago, mm-hmm. uh, which was weird. Now, uh, they've done it in some of the Star Wars episodes. They, they, they did a, a uh-huh. younger version of Carrie Fisher after she passed away, and then they did it with Mark Hamill, and it just... Benjamin Button? Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. So that's that's way back. But I'm talking. That was the first one. <laughs> yes, very first. It was one. the very first one. Brad Pitt is a baby. <laughs> no, they had the Indiana Jones movie this summer, where the first 15 minutes they de-aged Harrison Ford. But mm-hmm. the way they describe it there is it's it's less. Um, it's less like from scratch CGI. They actually said that they had so much footage of Harrison Ford from the days when they filmed Indiana Jones earlier that they used kind of the deep fake thing and morphed it. So it was more sophisticated. If you go back and watch that that latest Indiana Jones movie, it's 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 a lot more real looking than you've seen some other things. Now this thing, this thing with Billy Joel. It's basically Billy Joel going through the eras of his career singing this song. And it looks like it's, you know, 70s era piano man uh, Billy Joel. And then there's the Billy Joel with the sunglasses and the Christy Brinkley era. And then the Stormfront era. We didn't start the fire. And then all the way up until now. But it's all sort of morphed together in this, you know, during this song. And he's playing them at, uh, at the piano at different stages. But I... It to me, like I said, it's the best use of the new, you know, de-aging CGI technology that I've ever seen. Yeah, we're um, rightfully so horrified about it, some aspects of AI, and this was just a really cool use of it that uh, Bo described it perfectly. He begins; it's basically them coming in and off of him playing the same song on the piano at all these different ages. Piano at the piano, <laughs> and he is—he's—he's he's himself at the be- at current age at the beginning, and then he turns into seventies Billy Joel. I mean, but it's just—it's spot on. I mean, there's just no way of not thinking that is real. Like you said, deep fake real as as you look at that, and so it's very poignant. And then at the very end, they flip through kind of a, a photo gallery, if you will, of actual video of Billy Joel through the years too. So you get to see what he actually looked like in actual videos as opposed to AI generated, but. He said the song's obviously very poignant, and just um, it's kind of a sad song, really. When you yeah. listen to the song, it's kind of regret and and sorrowful. But uh, you watch it as kind of a if you're a Billy Joel fan, going back, and I'm in my 50s, so I grew up like in elementary school with early Billy Joel. Uh, so to see him go through all those years to me is more of a remembrance than anything else. Yeah, and I um, I saw him when he came to Bank of America a couple of years ago, and he already has started posting. Uh, his, he always posts his set lists as you follow him on social media, and he's playing this song now. And I can only imagine. Now, he doesn't play it at the end or the beginning. He plays it just in the middle like it's one of the songs. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fitting because what I love most about this is that it sounds like one of the songs. You know, it mm-hmm. sounds like it fits right into 
his uh, his songwriting and his his pop songs at their at their zenith back in the you know 70s 80s 90s now uh, we've also been talking a lot about we are the world because uh, this this Netflix documentary uh, which has gotten so much attention rightfully so in my opinion it's just uh, awesome to watch this Lionel. old footage. <laughs> Lionel, here's my snake, Lionel. So, so I'm glad you said that. So Lionel, Lionel Richie, and L- Lionel Richie during this documentary says that Michael Jackson used to call him Lionel, Lionel. You know, there's my pet snake over there, Lionel. But um, so Lionel Richie, who uh, he's on American Idol right now, but he's also he was the mastermind behind We Are the World. And a lot of the a lot of younger people don't realize that how I mean, he was really the glue. If without Lionel Richie, this thing wouldn't have happened. He and Quincy Jones. But on Jimmy Kimmel a couple of nights ago, Lionel Richie was the guest ahead of American Idol premiering. And uh, Jimmy Kimmel went through a laundry list of some of the questions that we've had uh, about who's in who was in We Are the World and who was not. They want to know, and I love Dan Aykroyd, by the way, oh, but know. he, you know, and he was in the Blues Brothers. Why was Dan Aykroyd in We Are the World? People want to know the answer to that. We needed a vibe. Okay. <laughs> Good answer. I mean, what I'm saying, we needed a vibe. And at that time, Dan, by the way, he's the Ghostbuster. This is Dan. This right. is Saturday Night Live. Dan, it's just cool. I'm for it, by the way. Okay. Not against it. Oh, yeah. Eddie Murphy told me he was invited to be a part of it, and he said no, and then wishes he hadn't said he, no. He missed it. <laughs> the other thing was, there at the beginning, you guys talk about Cindy Lauper and Madonna. Now, we know Cindy Lauper was in this thing. It was like, who should we invite, Cindy Lauper or Madonna? Why did, you, why did it have to be Cindy Lauper or Madonna? It's probably, one of the, it's probably one of the most interesting questions in the world because we had only a half a line to sing. Let me say this now, a half a line. So we had to have voices that people knew right away. And so for whatever reason, and by the way, we didn't know whether Cindy was coming. Because mm-hmm. at the show, I said to Cindy, are you coming? And she said, I spoke to my boyfriend and he says, he doesn't think it's a hit. And I said, don't miss the session. You, make, you gave her good advice. And she showed up and killed it. But yeah. the point was, you have to have an identifiable voice. And for whatever reason, it was just Cindy had that, wow, 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 you know. Right. That was it. And so But we, you couldn't have both of them? You know, it's hard you to... You guys made a mistake. <laughs> you know, you know I'm going I'm to say this now on national uh, and international television. You're right. <laughs> so that's uh, Lionel Richie talking to Jimmy Kimmel. But I love because the Dan Aykroyd thing, the more I think about it, though, Dan Aykroyd sang in Blues Brothers. So it's not that's, like he but, can't that's sing. A picture. I'm picturing him doing that, that, <laughs> knee, that knee high dance that him and Belushi do. Like <laughs> in right. the background of We Are the World is Dan Aykroyd with the sunglasses doing that high knee dance. Just needed a vibe. Well, but, it's a vibe. But I think vibe. he was such a big celebrity in that moment it makes sense but if you look at the uh, he doesn't sing he's just there yeah if you just look at the footage of the of the room he just he never does anything but stand in the back so it's just kind of like <laughs> don't you man. think after like three hours he's like over there with Bob Dylan going hey I can't sing either Bob I know <laughs> that's right what are we gonna do it's like Bob found who, a microphone who, I didn't who was it was it Waylon Jennings that walked out <laughs> Waylon, Waylon Jen- just walked out. out Prince never showed up <laughs> yeah and because Prince never showed up that's how Huey Lewis got that's into right. the mix so uh, anyway, but I, I I heard that the other day. We've been asking some of those questions. So there you go. You know, if you wonder why Dan Aykroyd was there, they just needed. It's like it's like Bernie. We need a vibe. I'm just here for a vibe. That's here all. for the vibe. They really should AI that whole room. They could take the whole room of We Are the World and like <laughs> age them in reverse or something for AI. Got a full tank of gas. Hit it. You got more talent in one lug nut than a lot of cars have got in their whole bunch. Got a one way ticket to the open road. 
That's 88 miles per hour. You're going to see some serious shit. And it's Tuesday morning. Tom Blocker, our longtime auto expert, is with us like usual. And Tom, uh, some auto headlines this week. New car prices fall 3.5% in January, we learned late last week. Yeah, from from, Jan- from January a year ago, from January 23 to this January, the uh, average transaction price was down to 47.4. And uh, keep in mind that in 2019, pre-pandemic, the average new vehicle transaction price was about $37,000. So it's still way up, you know, from where it was in, in 2019, you know, before the pandemic. But they're, they're, they're trickling down. And, you know, at the end of the year, you kind of asked about predictions. And that was one of the things we talked about was that uh, uh, we're going to see a normalization, you know, because inventories are increasing. So the market's going to get back more, much more normal this year than it's been kind of the last six months of last year we're really heading in that direction and that's going to continue to to occur uh inventories right now are up around 2.6 million units so that's that's almost an 80-day supply overall for the industry so that's kind of getting up into kind of normal territory you know uh there are some brands that are way out of out of whack uh Ram is at a 153-day supply, for example. Jeep's at 119. Uh, you know, Genesis is really high. Infinity's really high. They're at like 126-day supply. Honda and Toyota are the lowest. So anyway, the inventories are up there, and that's obviously a function of transaction prices or a function of that, you yeah. know, what the availability is. So the manufacturers are starting to get more aggressive. Dealers are going to offer, you know, discounts and it's going to get a little easier to buy a car this year in terms of uh, transaction price. I think one of the things that still make it a little difficult, though, is that the interest rates are so much higher than they were, you know, a year or two ago. And that is a little bit of a stumbling block that could soften the demand a little bit. But I think this is mainly that the dropping of transaction price is probably mainly a function of uh, just inventories being more plentiful now in a lot of areas. Well, uh, almost every week we have uh, EV news. This week is no exception. And if you're not a fan of the toll roads on I-77, for example, that, you know, the, the toll changes based on the amount of congestion, right, or the time of day. They're, they're able to change. Right. That's why it's a digital screen there that shows the numbers. They can adjust things on the fly. Turns out that uh, if you are driving an EV vehicle and you're looking for a charging station in certain parts of the country uh they can also uh sort of use the same uh math as to uh, what's available and what's not yeah Bo. there's a big problem with many of the charging companies like charge point ev go electrify america blink they're they're losing money they're i mean uh several of these companies charge point ev go together lost like 600 million dollars last year and so they're looking at a way to make the process more profitable. And going to dynamic pricing may be a way for them to to make their charging systems more profitable, uh, where, you know, at, at off-peak hours, you'll pay a lower rate than you will at high-peak. And they can also charge more for a higher wattage unit, like a 150-kilowatt unit will have a higher rate than a 50 kilowatt unit because it'll charge faster, you know, so people will be willing to pay more per kilowatt hour uh, for that. So, you know, that's just one more thing. You know, we've talked about sort of the complications of 
owning an EV and how that's been a stumbling block for many people. And the charging network is a big part of that. It's a big part of the stumbling block. And, Bo, you know, the Biden administration is still kind of insisting that they want to get to 50% of new vehicle sales being electric vehicles by 2030. And, I mean, I just don't see how in the world that's ever going to be possible. I mean, we we did a little over a million electric vehicle sales last year. So that was like 7.2% of the total new vehicles sold in the U.S., uh, last year. So, I mean, we'd have to have like a 50 or 60 percent increase every year, you know, between now and 2030 to get to 8 million uh, electric vehicle sales. And we're just not moving in that direction at all. I mean, the, and yet uh, and yet you're hearing, uh, you know, industry uh, execs and, and experts uh, call it a, a de facto electric vehicle mandate uh, yeah, that, that the Biden administration is still doubling down on. Yeah, they they are, and I mean, they want to be, you know, no gas, uh, no gas uh, internal combustion engine vehicles sold in 2035, and want to be at, at 50% electric by 2030, and you know, we're just not, we're not on that pace at all, and I don't see us getting there. Now, will it grow? Absolutely, I think EVs will grow. There's a lot of positives, you know, and uh, EVs are going to grow. Uh, they're going to continue to get better. All these problems that all these glitches we're having will get solved. You know, they'll get resolved over time. But, uh, I mean, getting to 50% by 2030, I think it's just a dream. I don't think it's any way. And just, just another point, I just was looking at the new J.D. Power Vehicle Reliability Study, and EVs were at the bottom of the list in terms of problems. I mean, they were way down at, at, at the bottom of the of the totem pole there. 256 problems per 100 vehicles. I mean, they were just about dead last. And many of the issues were with tire wear. You know, people that have bought EVs are finding out that they're wearing out tires way quicker than they did on their gas vehicle because the cars are so much heavier Yeah. Uh, because of the batteries. So the tire wear is going to be greater. Um, so, you know, there are just, they're just a lot of uh, quirks and issues regarding charging and cold weather and things like that that people have to get accustomed to. Well, and, uh, and it seems a little bit counterintuitive to me uh, that you're talking about the cars being so heavy and the tire wear, whereas, you know, uh, those things make so little noise that one pulls up behind you in the in the parking lot and you barely hear it. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, you know, they do have, uh, uh, and I, that was another thing I just kind of did a little research on recently, uh, the EV manufacturers do specify a different tire for their vehicle, Michelin and all the various manufacturers. Uh, they actually build a an acoustic foam layer into the tread hmm. uh, on an EV tire, a uh, spec EV tire, to make it quieter because the EV is so quiet you end up hearing the tire noise more. So they've actually created quieter tires for electric vehicles. So people that buy new tires, if they don't get the tires that are specified for their electric vehicle, they might be noisier, you know, if they don't have that acoustic foam layer in them like the EV manufacturers specify. So, yeah, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of things to learn about electric vehicles and people are learning kind of slowly and some people are very happy, you know, with the electric vehicles they have. They know what they got and they've 
researched it thoroughly, but it's not the same, you know, and well, it's, it's a little bit different animal, and you got to understand that. And some people are always going to be uh, be content to have you uh, know they're coming from around the block that make so much noise with with the gas cars. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's All right. right some man. people got want their gas engine to make way more noise than it should yeah. well, uh, well we'll gas up and get out of here for another week i always appreciate your time and the conversation and uh talk to you on the flip side okay bo good talking to you take care let's go ride. Tuesday morning in the Tide Boys studio. Time to cross the streams as we do twice a day on this radio station. Brought to you by PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition. Brett Winnable, how the heck yes, are sir. you? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I was just talking to uh, Congressman Ralph Norman earlier this hour. Of course, he's a congressman in South Carolina, District Number Five, and one of the uh, highest profile supporters of Nikki Haley uh, in politics in South Carolina, and. and so they've announced that Nikki Haley is going to give what they're calling a state of the race address uh, later on today at noon in Greenville, mm-hmm. South Carolina, at the uh, Clemson, uh, uh, at the speech take place at noon at Clemson University at the Greenville One uh, in Greenville. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I, I, I made it sound like it's at Clemson. It's at the Clemson University at Greenville One, yeah. if you know where that is. But anyway, the point is, she's making a speech, and it sounds like... Uh, uh, you know, people starting to wonder, okay, what is what is she going to say? Could this possibly be Nikki Haley getting out of the race? Uh, Norman told me, uh, Congressman Norman, that uh, he was with her all day yesterday, and she gave no indication that anything that, like that was happening. But he also said uh, Nikki will say what she says uh, when, it's, when, when the time comes. What do you read into this, if anything? Well, I'm going to uh, channel, if your uh, audience is old enough, uh, they'll recall this. I'm going to channel uh, Dandy Don from uh, uh, the... Um from the the Cosell years. Monday Night Football. <laughs> Turn out the lights, the party's over. Uh, I think um, that's the state of the but, race but, address. Okay, so you think that you think the party's uh, the, the light is turning out today? Yes, they're not. Okay. This is not Billy Joel with the turn the lights back oh, on. Okay. This is uh, okay. let's walk off that stage one final All time right. and, well. and try and try and try for twenty twenty eight. I mean, look, she's she is far from finished. I mean, you know, these any of these people. I mean, with the exception of Biden and Trump, who are you know elders. Uh, anybody's still able to get elected between you know now and and twenty eighteen uh, twenty twenty eight. I mean, I this is. I, I just think like she's probably getting pushed by her donors who are saying, "Okay, we can't keep writing your checks. Uh, what else you got in mind?" And um, I, I that's just. I mean, that's the. That's the way I would I would take it, because if she gets out now, then you can kind of point back to not being successful in South Carolina and kind of say, yeah, I, I kind of saw the writing on the walls. You didn't actually take the heavy L. And, um, you know, we could we could see. Yeah. I mean, uh, it avoids at least the uh, still mm-hmm. being in the race on Saturday and mm-hmm. doing the concession speech at the end of what yeah. looks to be like a, a, an easy win for Donald Trump. So, yes. Well, all right. So we're, we're a few hours away from this and we'll certainly follow it here on WBT and, uh, and see what happens there. Um, what is coming up on the Brett Winterbull show today? All right, so we have have got uh, a bit of analysis that I'm going to present to the audience uh, about the three fundamental issues at hand in the United States of America. N- none of them have anything to do with Ukraine. None of them have anything to do with pronouns, and none of them have anything to do with that, that stuff. But there are three fundamental issues that must be addressed in this country in immediately before we uh, we go over the cliff, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. 
All right, so that starts uh, today at 3 o'clock on WBT. By the way, uh, as we're going out here, uh, we broke the news earlier in the show that uh, our producer, Bernie Bowles, is expecting a boy with his wife, Very Emma, nice. in, uh, in a few months in September. So uh, we've been asking all the, all the, the people in the room and uh, anybody. We have some, some great callers, too. Any advice for uh, Bernie, uh, the father of a boy-to-be? You know, uh, you're going to find that the way they behave with sleeping and kicking and all that sort of stuff is going to be how they're going to behave. You're either going to have like a, 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 a daytime rock and roller or a nighttime rock and roller. <laughs> so you want to like really pay close attention because you want to know whether or not that kid's going to be going to sleep nice and early or that kid's going to be staying up until the break of dawn. <laughs> Bernie? Mm. He's going to be a great American. That's all I know. Uh, there you go. That's Darn right. right. <laughs> That's right. He'll have the radio on uh, that, that first, uh, the f- first few hours uh, playing in the room, right? That's that, right. That'll be, yes. that'll be the lullaby. Absolutely. It'll be uh, Brett Winterbull show. That's right. Yeah don't, Whoa. Let him, <laughs> yeah, don't let him listen to that weirdo we have on after midnight. Oh, oh, oh. He <laughs> qualified that. <laughs> okay. Whoa. Whoa. Wait a minute. Bo, you come on after midnight. What's going on? Well, no, yeah, <laughs> technically we all do. Well, that's we do. true. <laughs> All right. It's the one from midnight to 4.30 in the morning. Okay. Okay. West of the Rockies. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. At 3 o'clock, well before midnight, or well after midnight, whichever way you tend to look at that, uh, here on WBT, the Brett Winnable Show today. From News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT, this is Good Morning BT with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman. So I don't normally start an interview by reading something from the back of a book or that would appear on the back of a book, but you'll see where I'm going here shortly. A factual account that reads like a breathtaking thriller. That's one of the comments about a book I'm about to tell you about, but here's the one I love. Clark Griswold, move over for Marty Olhout and Grace Lye. Now, anybody who's compared to Clark Griswold has an automatic spot on this show. I think y'all know that. (laughs) Bo Thompson here. Beth Troutman is off today, but I know she's here in spirit because Beth and I are both from the Charlotte area. We grew up here, born and raised, and I like to shine light anytime I can talk to people from the Charlotte area who live in Charlotte or doing big things. And we have three people in studio today. So I mentioned uh, the first two. Uh, I was about to say Clark Griswold. Uh, the first one is Mar- Marty uh, Olhout. Welcome to the studio. Thank you, Bo. Thanks so much for being here. Your daughter is Grace Lai. Good morning. And uh, the third person in this group is the the guy who announces the audiobook for the father and daughter uh, uh, author duo that has a book that is being released audio audiobook wise today did i get that right yeah you <laughs> that, did good and job <laughs> brandon pollock is the uh, third member of this group yes thanks for having me bo it's so, good here and, and and i'll tell you how this all happened guys because uh, i told you that I, I like any kind of story where we can shine the light on charlotte people uh, doing big things and bernie brought this trio to my uh, to my attention and so give us a little more background on this bernie yeah so i've known brandon uh, in radio for Quite a, quite a bit now, at least, what would we say, seven years maybe? Yeah. Since I started in radio, uh, working at Beasley, and we've just, uh, we've become great friends, and he uh, he took a jump to become a, a voiceover artist, and he does commercials and audiobooks, and he asked me to to help him out uh, editing some audiobooks, and I happened to be able to help with this awesome book, and um, it just so happened that 
that Brandon is uh, born and raised here in Charlotte. I'm, I'm born and raised here in Charlotte. And it's just kind of a cool local story. So I helped uh, with editing this book while Brandon voiced it. See, I mean, it's like the circle of life going on here. Yeah. Because uh, you know, some of you may not realize that uh, one of the things that Bernie does on the side is he edits audiobooks, um, in addition to uh, being the captain of the ship on this show. And so uh, he told me what was going on here. And, and again, I, I love the, the Clark Griswold, the Chevy Chase movies growing up. I mean, anybody who listens to the show, I play, I play sound from them every time I get an opportunity. So, so to, to know that there's a book being written out there. Now, the book was released a few months ago, Tent for Seven, A Camping Adventure, gone south out west and this is by marty and grace and so you all are here and uh so give me a little background on on how you came to write this book marty the book came about primarily as an exercise in uh, ptsd after we (laughs) (laughs) after we got back from this trip and uh the whole family was in various stages of either mental or physical uh, therapy to to recover (laughs) And as such, I, I couldn't sleep at night thinking about what, what I had done to everybody. Uh, so after about two or three weeks of laying awake all night, I thought, well, maybe I should start writing this down as a, as a part of my therapy treatment. And so from about midnight to 3 a.m., I'd pull out my laptop, which back then was about the size of a suitcase, and I'd lay <laughs> in bed and I'd type away. And I, I did that for about nine months. Uh, and at the end of nine months, I had about 300 pages. And when I finished, I thought, you know, what am I going to do with this now? I, this is like my re- – I feel better now. I can sleep a little bit. Maybe the thing you should do with this is take it outside and burn it. You know, it's part of my camping <laughs> burn, background. Burn the evidence, burn right? It. Exactly. <laughs> Watch it go up and smoke, and maybe my, my stress would go away. Uh, for whatever reason, I didn't do that, probably because Jolene's going, hey, you've already started enough fires and enough damage. Just So I put it on the shelf, and it sat on the shelf for 15 years until Grace – unbeknownst to me, picked it up. That is correct. So so the book, um, basically a little background. We Back in the 90s, our family took a two-week-long camping trip into the Canadian Rockies, and it was essentially a series of unfortunate events, just one after the other, from little things, sort of annoying things, to more serious things like bears and certain people ending up in the hospital, almost losing their life. So... That's why my dad was so traumatized after this specific trip. And so he wrote all this stuff down. And I think I knew he was writing it down, but I didn't really care. I was 14 at the time. So I was worried about my own personal problems, not my parents. (laughs) But uh, when I was in my late 20s, I found it. And I thought, you know, this could be a really great book if it just gets reworked a little bit, add some things, take some things out. And so he never intended for anybody to... To read it for it to be turned into a book, but I would have left some things out if I had known she was going to do that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, there are some things that I read that I wish I could unread because um, also in the book there are flashbacks to a trip that my dad took uh, when he was in his twenties. So it's a bunch of guys in their twenties road tripping across the American West, and there was a lot of really um, interesting stories that I didn't realize had ever happened. Uh, there was a nudist beach story that I <laughs> like to forget about, but that did make it into the book. So, uh, so anyway, so then I ended up reworking it, and now it's um, it's ten for seven. 
<laughs> so, so the book was released last fall, is yes. that right? Yeah. And, and now today, Brandon, yeah. you, the, the book, the audio book is released, and you are reading the book. Yes, it is read by I. And, uh, <laughs> you know, M- Marty and Grace are still my friends today because they haven't heard the whole thing yet. That's correct. <laughs> like, they've only heard the first, like, a little sample of it. Yeah. Uh, but what's funny is, you know, they have a publisher, Sandra. Sandra Jonas Sandra Publishing. Sandra Jones, uh, Jonas uh-huh. Publishing. And thanks to Tantor Media, uh, uh-huh. they, they published the audio book. And so I get the audition from them, you know, and, and so I read the book and a couple weeks later, we, we realize that we're all in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And so we meet up for lunch and we, we go have lunch. And in the book, it says, you know, they spell, I'm so glad you got his name right, Bo, because I, <laughs> I did. I did. And so uh, in the book, he's, he's kind of checking into a campground and he, and he gives his name and he spells it out. And this whole time I've been trying to figure out, make sure I've been saying it right. Well, he says, it's oh, how T with a capital T. So I'm like, oh, Brandon, you're so smart. You've been saying it right. Marty O'Halty. So, so at breakfast, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad you spelled it out. And I, I knew how to say your name because I normally butcher names. And he's yeah. like, wait, how did you say it? And so we had to go back to the publishing and, and get it corrected. But now it's O'Halt and it's fine. Um, yeah. But no, Marty writes in such a great way that it's um, it's very dry. It's, 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 it's so funny. Sometimes you don't know if he's telling a joke. Or if he's just being serious, but it still comes off as so dry wit and very funny. Um, and so there's a lot of parallels between his 1970s trip uh, and the trip in the 90s. And it was a joy to, to read. So I have, uh, I have one very important question that I'm going to save uh, for when we come back. But uh, this is a, a, a jointly written book, Father and Daughter. So immediately, based on the premise you gave me, because I've actually learned more. I, I didn't realize that you wrote it, Marty, and then, and then Grace happened upon it. Like, I, I didn't know exactly how you came to be part of this. And so it, then it, it begs one other question that I have, and we'll get to more of this. Uh, we've got uh, some charlatans in the studio here, a new uh, book that's being uh, released today in audio of, of fashion. It was released uh, in print, which I actually am uh, just got a copy of in my hand, Tent for Seven, uh, Marty uh, Olhout O'Halt. and uh, Grace Lye, and they're going to hang out with us for one more segment here on Good Morning BT. Welcome back, News Talk 1110 WBT. Bo Thompson here. Beth Troutman's off today. Got Bernie. And actually, Bernie is responsible for me uh, knowing that this was happening today. And I'm so glad that he brought this to my attention. There's a book called Tent for Seven, A Camping Adventure Gone South Out West. Written by a father-daughter duo, Marty Olhout and Grace Lye. And uh, they've written their first book, Together and the first book that they've uh, you know the first book period right yes I love and how we all look at Brandon when you when you pronounce his name correctly <laughs> I know. we yeah, all look at right. Brandon it's okay guys it's okay <laughs> Sorry, Brandon Pollock which is hard Brandon Pollock <laughs> is the the voice of the audio version of this book yeah which is released today today yeah so uh, you are all charlatans I'm a charlatan Bernie's a charlatan we love people we love to shine the light on people from the Queen City and so just to catch you up to speed on this uh, so Marty wrote a book about a a trip that you took how long ago 30 years almost to the day 1994 so basically you were Clark Griswold back then <laughs> Clark and, and and you took your trip and how many people were on this trip well there were seven there's okay. in the title five kids all five kids and my wife Jolene and myself so that's why the title is called Tent for Seven, Bo. And um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to set the table. Trying to soft pedal that. As, as Brandon knows, uh, you know, in radio, we, we reset. You know, somebody 100%. just walking in the room, why are we talking about this? ADD is, is real for radio people. Hey, hey, I always tell people, a short attention span theater on the radio. The, short attention.
attention span theater of the mind. There you go. Yes. That's what we yes. say. And so you wrote this book. Now, as we set up last segment, Marty, you just jotted your, your feelings down about this trip, which kind of went in all different directions, kind of Clark Griswold style. And, uh, and, and you didn't intend for necessarily anybody ever else to read this. You know, I had, after a month or so of writing down, just kind of throwing thoughts down, I thought, yeah, you're putting a lot of work into this. Maybe you should try to make this something that makes some sense anyway, that you can follow it. So I started to get a little more disciplined about that. Right. And the only thing I thought about was, you know, it'd be kind of cool maybe if the grandkids could read this if I ever have grandkids. Okay, so there was an audience somewhere in mind, but not a, not, not a, like a, a bestseller list type <laughs> no, audience. Yeah, no, the idea is being published. I didn't. Never thought that would happen. And that's the coolest part of this to me. So the way this ultimately happens many, many years later is Grace, who is Marty's daughter, comes across this yeah. and starts reading it and realizes, yeah. okay, this is about me. It's about me. <laughs> and then, okay, so here's my question that I said going into the uh, to the uh, break there that I, I wanted to know. You found this and you started reading it and then you said, hey, Dad, maybe this uh, is something that we should work into something that other people read, that people people we don't even know. And it ultimately becomes a book. Now, the book version, because uh, it's a joint thing here, is this Marty's story with, like, Grace's cliff notes and, like, markings and responses to things? Or how did this, how did the final product end up uh, falling into place? Well, that's an interesting question, because um, when I did start reading it, one of the things that hooked me was it was about me, and it (laughs) was about my family, and I think that's why I found it so entertaining, But the second time through, I realized that the general public who does not know me or my family might not find it as interesting and entertaining. And so I realized that I needed to really rework it so that it would appeal to a broader audience. Mm -hmm. So um, I actually did not ask my dad or tell him what I was doing. I just did it. (laughs) So for a number of years, I worked on it and and reworked it and added some stuff and tried to appeal to a broader audience. And then once I had a publisher and a publishing deal and, you know, it was going to be out there, my dad, he's, you know, wait a minute, what's happening here? I got (laughs) to, let me, let me get back involved. I need to read this, Grace. (laughs) Exactly. And so it it really was, um, he worked on it, you know, by himself. I worked on it by myself. And then once we had a publisher, the three of us, you know, my dad, me and the publisher worked on it very closely for about two years. And it was, I mean, it was, it wasn't like I did a chapter, he did a chapter. I mean, we worked very closely on everything that is in the book. And I got to give Sandra a real shout out. She was instrumental in helping us make it into a, a real literary work of art yeah. <laughs> because it yeah. needed some work, but she so, was super. So we had the premise of it and how it came to be. We have uh, about two minutes left here. This how this show Moves at the speed of light. You guys know that. So uh, I'm going to go to each one of you because you, you have different roles in the book. So obviously, Marty, you you wrote the original script. Give me a, a snapshot of something that people listening right now can can uh, give me a little preview of what they can read in this book. Well, it, it, I guess at the end of the day, this is a story about uh, all the stuff that goes wrong on this trip. We wanted this to be a real blowout last kind of a vacation. Uh-huh. Uh, the most, as we as the little clip says, I wanted this to be the most memorable trip we'd taken. <clears throat> and it was. And it was. <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah. the way you intended. But you know, we learned from this to rely on our, ourselves, on our on our family, and so many strangers came into our lives, and. Just were incre- gave us incredible help that you know I took a lot of heart from that right and and kind of like be the stranger too mm. be the person that 
That's good. Does that for folks. Yeah. So, Grace, it would it be accurate to describe you as a revisionist historian? <laughs> well, actually, yes. Uh, there are quite a few little interesting tidbits and facts throughout the book. Um, and I think I, I will take responsibility for adding the majority of those in there. <laughs> now, okay. and Brandon is unique because Brandon was, he got the script for this, and he is the one who reads the audio version. So right. you're not connected to them. What would be your pitch? Um, <clears throat> well, I loved the sarcasm throughout the book. And knowing them now personally, I can see Grace interjecting and Marty's sarcasm as well. Um, my favorite chapter is The Pie Man Cometh. Um, it is, it's so good. Um, we get introduced to some characters who came into their life and helped them when they really need. I mean, it's a beautiful story of, of how, and I love what you said, be the stranger. It, if you get anything from it, be the stranger that helps the person that you don't know that you see needs help, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people did that for them on this trip. And at one of the houses, somebody walks in with Saskatoon pies. And Marty <laughs> O'Houty right? loves Saskatoon <laughs> pies. O'Houty. <laughs> so finally, uh, we, we, we've told people uh, what they can expect here. How do you get it? What's the best way? Um, actually, the best way is on Amazon because you can get the hard... Hard copy, soft copy, the audio, uh, Kindle, anything. But let us make a shout out. Uh, Jesse Browns, who is actually in the book. Yep. Uh, they got oh, us. They well, got us. Bill Barty is one of our favorite Bill, people. Bill, Bill Barty. We love yeah. Bill Barty. Great guy. Yeah. Uh, he got us our Kickstarter. But it's yeah. uh, but we had a couple signings at Barnes and Noble. Uh, the books at Southern Lion. Yep. That's at Park, Park Road, Road Books. books. And there's a couple of copies at REI. So. Have you guys been done the Storyteller series for yes, Jesse Brown? we did. Yes. That was our first appearance. So I did one, too. I, oh. I did the Storyteller series. Oh, okay, so I, yeah. I was going to say, if you yeah. haven't, if you <laughs> haven't, this, this is have. perfect. So yes. uh, this is like synergy here. Yes. Like never before. All yes. right. <laughs> Tent for Seven. Uh, it's a camping adventure gone south out west. It's written by Marty O'Halt and uh, Grace Lai. <laughs> and the, the the audio version comes out today by Brandon I'll Pollock. Never I'll never lose Never. You won't. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so uh, available uh, Amazon, and, and is it available at Jesse Brown's? Yes. yes. Okay, very cool. Over at uh, Sharon Corner Shopping Center. We love the guys over there. Uh, this has been fun, and I know we yeah. can't do total justice to it in, 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 in the short time that we've had, but hopefully we've uh, uh, planted the seed in, of interest in people's heads, and you'll go out and check out this book. So thank all of y'all for being here. Thank, thank you, you for having, having us. Though. Appreciate it's it. Great. It's time for oh, yeah. Dirty Restaurant Tuesday. Why Ew. Why fly in my soup? Could you do something about it? Oh, oh no. Hey, it's Mark Garrison here. I'm just trying to channel what Beth would usually say. It's time for Dirty Restaurant Tuesday. How you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, with uh, with Bo with Beth not here to uh, grimace and moan and Ooh. carry on. Ah. <laughs> We're going to step up our game today. Yeah. I'll exaggerate. Now, Tommy is. Oh, Tommy's I've playing been warming the role up. of Beth. But yeah, see, Tommy's a up. vet because Tommy used to. You know, when he worked, you worked nightside, he that's used to right. do this. So yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, how about the Courtyard by Marriott? Ugh. Restaurant there. Yeah. Wait, they have a restaurant? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure you want to go there. This is the one on Little Rock Road, 86.5. Mm. <laughs> the person in charge had no food safety training. There was no soap at the front hand sink, so... We ring a bell when you say they had no food safety training. Yes, that's yeah. exactly right. bell. We should. Be no like food a, safety training. It'd be like a there drinking game, yeah. There it is. Uh, the sanitizer where they were washing dishes, well, it was measuring zero in, uh, in its strength. So, in other words, they were not sanitizing the dishes. <gasps> Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> oh, ow. 
Observe oatmeal being held at the wrong temperature, mm, and they had no, to throw it out. Not the oatmeal. Uh, what a way to start oatmeal. the day. I'm <laughs> telling you. Oats. Uh, let's see. And uh, the dishwashing machine. <laughs> the hot water was not hot enough, so they had to send out for repair on that. So there you go. The Courtyard by Marriott Restaurant. On Little Rock Road, 86.5. I never thought to just stop in and dine there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember Hojo's. I'm not, yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not sure. Howard Johnson. I'm not sure why Courtyard by Marriott would build on Little Rock Road. It's like, come check into our room and get shot. You know? <laughs> it's kind of a. People got to stay area. everywhere. I'm thinking the airport's a big draw. So yeah. I'm just going to go on a limb yeah, on that one. I think you're right. <laughs> All right, here's Chicken King number nine on West Sugar Creek Road. I didn't know they had nine of them, but Chicken King. I love the nine. first eight. It yeah. ain't. It ain't number one. <laughs> and eighty. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. is that a record for this segment? Ooh. Yeah, it's close. Eighty. Yeah. Uh, wow. This is bizarre. The uh, the employees were using water from the floor drains, wastewater from the floor drains to fill the mop buckets to mop with. That just sounds green. So why are you yeah, using exactly. literally green with like water. algae and you're, bacteria? Yeah, you're using nasty water to mop the restaurant. What, what? are you eating off the floor? <laughs> I bet it smelled good, too. <laughs> he, did, he did say 80. Uh, the person in charge had no food safety training. Hey. Ring the bell! Ring the bell! Yeah. <laughs> there we go. And that was a repeat violation. A little late. Uh, let's see. Observed we're, we're expecting it. <laughs> observed one of the food workers wash hands for less than 20 seconds. Happy birthday song twice. How uh, hard is it, people? Yep. The, the inspector times it. Another food employee touching face, not washing hands, and then handling a customer's food. And for some reason, they let the meat thaw on the hand-washing sink. <laughs> I guess because they weren't washing hands, use it for something, right? At least it's not the wastewater. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And let's see here. They had some uh, several items uh, that were not uh, being held at the proper hot temperature and several not at the cold temperature, including salads, which were way too warm. Unacceptable. And that was a repeat violation. Wilty so. lettuce. So there you go. The <laughs> Chicken King number nine. Here's your crown, King. Drink. 80. <laughs> King, you dropped your crown in the algae. All right, we've got one more here. This uh, I just love the name of this joint, the Fiery Crab. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Sounds like that might hit you later, though. Yeah. I'd get you on the way home. That's, that's hot. Yeah, that's in, uh, <laughs> in Rock Hill. They also had an 80. Let's wow, that's two. Which is also the exit number. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 77. Have we ever had two 80s in one one segment here? You know, I'm not, it's been a while. You've outdone oh, yeah. yourself today. Uh, Here's your crown, King. <laughs> there was an employee not uh, washing hands at all. Uh, they had a lot. Oh, their shellfish had no date tags on them. So if you were eating them raw, ooh, who well, knows how they were just they were. so fresh, they didn't need them. <laughs> yeah, well. They are who we thought they were. <laughs> uh, a lot of items not cold enough sausage, eggs, shrimp. Snow crab and uh, other sausage. So <laughs> crab right out of the Catawba River. <laughs> oh, Fresh they got the crabs Catawba. in the river. I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, there could be. Uh, they got gar, fresh gar. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> this we know. <laughs> so there you go. All kinds of troubles at the fiery crab. Fiery crab in Rock Hill. It's troublesome. Name. It's not fire. Okay. This is so eighty. Now you know where not to go, name. right? No, I, I may have asked you this before, but have you have you ever gone somewhere that had a 70s score? Something <laughs> yeah, in the we've 70s? Had, yeah, we've had some 70s okay. before. Yeah, That's we right. sure have. 
And in South Carolina, if you've got a 70, you've got a lot of problems because they kind of grade on the curve there. What's the yeah. lowest? <laughs> What's the lowest you can go? Points. Uh, 70 is the lowest you can okay. go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> One of these days, gonna, we had to give you a 69. That's just, just, we had to do nice. it. I took this course pass fail, nice. so <laughs> pass for the 70. Hey, Mr. Garrison, we're grading on a curve, sir. All right, that's Dirty Restaurant yes, Tuesday. Sir. Thank you. Did it. Hey. When you ask for Clay Aiken, I, I, I deliver the goods no, there, no, Bernie. Well, okay, now people are just going to think that I just asked for Clay Aiken. You for did no ask reason. for Clay Aiken. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> we all heard it. <laughs> I mentioned I mentioned American Idol, and then I was like, you should just play Clay Aiken coming back as a joke. But Bo, I mean, this is fantastic. No, you asked for it. <laughs> I have this. In yeah, my spot there it is on the radio. Now we all have to hear it with you. Now we can't unhear what it is. So the reason I uh, was asked by Bernie to play Clay Aiken is because we were talking about uh, American Idol a few nights ago. Now, Zoak wasn't here yesterday. I talked about this earlier. Celebrating President's Day. <laughs> That's right. Who were you, by the way, on uh, Miller Fillmore. Oh, good, <laughs> good, good. good. Um, and Beth, uh, Beth is uh, was off yesterday. She's off today too. If you're wondering where she is, uh, so uh, we're all sort of musical chairs. But but Zoki is the one who brought this to my attention a few nights ago because uh, I really don't watch American Idol much anymore. I don't either. Uh, I was so bored by the NBA All Star <laughs> Game, we started flipping channels and yes. caught it right at this moment that you're about to talk about. That's why American Idol had its highest rated premiere <laughs> because the NBA All Star Game was like in the 500. Um, but anyway, so American Idol still exists. Some of you haven't watched it in years, but in the you know in the heyday when it was on Fox, anytime anybody won American Idol, they were household names. I mean, Carrie Underwood, uh, Kelly Clarkson, uh, Ruben Studdard. I mean, Clay Aiken didn't even win, and he became a household. That name. old guy won. George, whatever his name was. <laughs> what was oh, it? Taylor Hicks. Taylor oh, Hicks. Gosh, George, exactly. Yeah. Fantasia. Not a eight-year-old with not gray a, hair. Not even close. Fantasia, and then you said yesterday Jennifer Hudson, which I said Jennifer Hudson didn't even, yeah, she win. didn't even win. And then Chris Chris Daltrey didn't win. But there was a time when American Idol was so big, if you were in the top ten, you were, uh, you know, guaranteed some radio airplay. Now it's over on ABC, and it, it has Ryan Seacrest and what Lionel Richie, Katy Perry, Lionel, <laughs> Lionel, <laughs> Katy Perry's apparently and leaving, Luke Bryan. and then yeah. Luke Bryan, Luke Bryan, Luke Bryan, Luke Bryan. <laughs> oh, tied so, up in Grandma's <laughs> yarn. <laughs> Rain makes corn. Corn <laughs> makes whiskey. <laughs> anyway, bro. Frisky. All right. Uh, so the other night, uh, they had the season premiere, and uh, Zoki happened to see this because the NBA All-Star game was so boring, mm-hmm. which I agree with. And a guy was in the audition round, and it's a guy from Charlotte. So it's kind of our theme of this hour of Charlotteans doing possibly big things. So the guy's name is Blake Prohl. If Prohl sounds familiar, it should if you're a Carolina Panthers fan. My name is Blake Prohl. I'm 24 years old, and I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. All right, incoming. Howdy. Hello. How are you? I'm a little anxious. I'm not used to this at all, so I'm very, very excited, though, I promise. What are you used to? Um, How long did you play in the NFL? About three years. What position? Uh, Wide receiver. My dad played in the league for about 17 years, and I grew up and kind of dedicated everything I know to football, and my dream was to make it to the NFL. I um, signed with the Minnesota Vikings. Whoa. And so how did you end up here from there? I went through a really tough injury. and so What happened to you? Um, I tore a bunch of stuff. I don't want to get graphic. 
they just said, hey, like, it'll be a success story if you're able to just, like, run again in general. But we're here now, so I wasn't able to walk for so long. That's where music kind of came in and saved me. My grandma is the reason why I'm here. I really didn't believe in myself at all music-wise, and she's the reason why I have any confidence at all to be in this room. Do you like singing around her or for her? Yeah, yeah. So I um, started playing and learning, and I, I pranked her, and the video kind of went like viral. She's got a southern accent, so she was like, Blake! <laughs> and you know, I was like, it was really funny. I so. want to hear what she sounds like. Bring her in. Okay. There's Nana. You got the Come on in. Nana's cool. Get ready for Nana. She's Come cool. in, Nana. Okay, there you go. This is Nana. Hey, if you could rewind into that first time I did it, and then you could look into the future and say, hey, we're going to be on American Idol doing this exact moment, it's really crazy to me. I can't count the times I almost said what's on my mind, but I didn't. I just didn't. And just the other day, I wrote down all the things I'd say, but I couldn't, I just couldn't. One of the things that I've been feeling, it's my cheeks now. Mm, it's time you hear it, in case you didn't know, baby I'm crazy about you. I would be lying if I said that I could live this life. So there you go. You get a taste of him singing, and uh, they 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 gave him the golden ticket. He's, and going he's to playing Hollywood. the piano too, by the way. Yeah, they so can't he, see that, but you can hear it. But he's playing the piano, and uh, not only did he get the golden ticket, I mean, the three of them said he could win this. Like that's how high up they think he's got a great be. voice. Yeah. yeah, I don't have time to play the whole thing, but here is just a little bit of the response from the judges. Every grandma thinks that their grandchildren are great, but you're right! Yeah! <laughs> let's go. All right, let's get serious about okay, this, because this is something to I get serious that. about. I can do that. If you will allow us to be your coaches, <laughs> you're going to be you can be just Top fine. Top 10. You can be just fine. <laughs> you just did that song the right way in a very believable way, in a very innocent, vulnerable, like every girl that you sit down and sing that to, they're going to be on. melted butter, kind of like this one a minute ago. <laughs> so so that's the group, and they, they sent him on. Now, you know, they're in the audition round now, so it'll be several weeks before you see him again, but eventually you'll see him in the middle rounds. And, and uh, I think Katy Perry was the one who said that uh, she believes he could be top ten. Mm -hmm. So there's a, a Charlotte product. He went to Providence High School. I went to ECU, and uh, his father is Ricky Prohl, who played for the Panthers and, uh, of course, played at Wake Forest. And so a cool uh, American Idol Charlotte connection. A lot of connections. A lot of Bernie and Zoki ties there. What's ECU, that? Panthers, mm -hmm. and I went to Providence. Yep. So I think um, we should all get tickets to go see this. I think we should play golf together. I don't like, know where. <laughs> did we ever figure out where the audition took place that he went to? No. Yeah. I have to look that up. Um, I don't know. Doesn't but. matter. But anyway, it's good for him that he. Uh, not only is advancing, but it looks like he'll be, you know, whenever we get to the finals. So I would I would watch just to see how he does. I don't I'm like you, I haven't watched it and I can't remember the last year I watched American Idol.
I definitely haven't much paid much attention since it's been on ABC. Like uh, the last time I watched it, it was on Fox, and that was a while back. So, you know, uh, good luck to him. Blake Prohl is the name to watch. He's from Charlotte, and uh, we'll see if he how you know how far he goes. But uh, that voice, you know, there's something there, obviously. And uh, it doesn't sound like that's something he dreamed about doing when he was a kid. It's something he sort of happened into because of his injury playing football. It so. did the injury and COVID. He said he he learned. To, I think maybe taught himself how to play the piano. Wow, the piano. Some piano. kids are just. Born with the talent. And now he can <laughs> just do anything, really. Books on tape, he can do it all. I think he could. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I think he could literally win. You see? Literally. Literally. Brett, Brett Jensen coming up next. From News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT, this is Good Morning BT with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman. You know, if you wanted to make the move from radio host to pro wrestler, you have a built-in theme because that that lead-up is long enough for you to walk all the way down to the ring from the back, the way I see it. Sometimes I need it. Yeah. How you doing? I'm all right. I'm good. Brett I'm Jensen. Good. Brett Jensen on Tuesday. Bo Thompson here. Beth is off today, so it's just the two of us. We actually have a special guest coming in at 9.35, our buddy Dan Rakowski with the Charlotte Knights. He's got some announcements to make regarding the season coming up and uh, perhaps the 4th of July. But that's coming up. We have a lot to talk about with you today. And uh, I want to open up here. Uh, This is uh, something that's going to – is this going to debut tonight on the show? When are we going to first hear this, this interview? Oh, uh, yes. What, the Raleigh Gaines? Yes. Yeah, we'll play – yes, tonight, and I want to play a large portion of it for you guys because she is speaking today at 4 p.m. at UNC Charlotte at the uh, Cone University Center in the McKnight Hall, and she's doing this campus tour, um, and it's completely free. All you have to do is just register, and and be honest with you – the way I found it, it was the first thing that popped up. Riley Gaines, UNC Charlotte. And there it is. And if you just Google that, right there it is. And all you need is your first name, last name, and email address. That's it. Riley Gaines, a former NCAA swimmer and a vocal critic of uh, trans athletes in women's sports, period. Uh, she uh, competed against trans swimmer Leah Thomas, and that's where you first started to hear her name. And Brett Jensen has an exclusive interview with her that you were hearing for the first time, at least in part, right here. Considering everything that happened while you were a guest speaker at San Francisco State University, where you were spit on, hit, physically assaulted, and actually held for ransom, Why do you continue to go to college campuses around the country? Honestly, what happened at San Francisco State University, of course it was unfortunate, and it's something that no one, especially a young woman who's merely advocating for fair play and privacy in areas of undressing, it's something that should have never had to happen. But honestly, it really propagated me forward because it showed me how desperate the opposition is to keeping us quiet. And honestly, when when they want you quiet, when they're when they're that willing um, to shoot the arrows your way, it shows you you're right over right over the target, and they don't waste ammunition. Um, so where, where I think a lot of people 
would have been silenced in that scenario. It really only encouraged me to speak louder. Um, it's just important to engage the youth. That's ultimately what this battle is about. It is our future that we are defending. So it's us who needs to fight for it. How do you pick and choose which universities and colleges you're going to speak at? And how did you pick the University of North Carolina at Charlotte? Uh, a couple reasons. I, I am strategic in about the universities that I choose. And so uh, just this week I was at Notre Dame where uh, their sister school, St. Mary's, uh, an all-female Catholic institution, began to admit boys who, who said they were women into their all-female university. So I strategically went to Notre Dame. I had a bunch of the alumni there and support who were fed up with what the university is doing to send a message loud and clear that enough is enough, and we're saying no. Um, but strategically, I chose North Carolina because I had tons of friends who swam for UNC and NC State, girls who lost out on opportunities because of this male. One girl from NC State, actually, who is a 31-time All-American. She is a phenom. She is honestly uh, for so long was a role model for me. I'll never forget she came up to me at that national championships, and she told me, Riley, guess what? She sounded so excited. She was like, I just found a janitor's locker or a janitor's closet to undress in, undress in. I'm so grateful for this janitor's closet, she said. And it hit me in that moment. Oh, my gosh. Did, did she just say she was grateful to undress in the janitor's closet under the guise of progress? Oh, my gosh, make no mistake, this movement is incredibly regressive. So, I, I'm, and not to mention the fact that Governor Cooper of North Carolina, uh, he vetoed their women's sports bill earlier last year, uh, which was able to be overridden by a majority vote in both the House and the Senate, which I'm grateful for the leadership um, in the state of North Carolina. Representative Balcom, uh, who carried and sponsored the bill, and, of course, a lot more leaders in North Carolina to thank for the success there. Do you find yourself wanting to go to colleges and universities that are considered to be way more liberal, maybe like the University of North Carolina or Duke University, as opposed to something like maybe Wake Forest? Do you find yourself wanting to go to those type of schools instead? You know, I, I definitely try and go all over, but I do think it's important to go to those liberal institutions because, believe it or not, a ton of people at these schools who are on our side. One, because there are a plethora of conservative students who are honestly just scared to say they're conservative. But secondly, this issue extends beyond party lines. That is Riley Gaines, who was talking right there to Brett Jensen. Uh, of course, uh, she's going to be, as you said, Brett, at UNCC later today. Yeah, you know, and Riley, she's the director of the Riley Gaines Center at the Leadership Institute. And this Speak Louder campus tour is sponsored by the Leadership Institute. And she's doing this all over the country, completely free. And she's doing it today at UNC Charlotte again at the McKnight Hall at the Cone University Center. And she is the face nationally at 23 years old of trying to prevent men from playing against women in sports. If you want to hear the conclusion of that interview, you can listen to uh, Breaking with Brett Jensen tonight. And you can also find it at WBT.com uh, shortly. Talk 1110 WBT. Oh, and Brett here, Brett Jensen, Beth Troutman's off today. So I got to give you your props. I was talking about this earlier. You know, we have uh, we've covered this District 8 congressional primary pretty pretty in depthly. Is that a right word? In depthly. Yeah, intently, in depthly. In depthly. Yeah. And uh, so we, we had the the debate 
several weeks back at Wingate University, and, and we've had a number of the candidates on here in the morning, but you all know how this show works in the morning. It's, uh, it's short attention span theater of the mind. That's what we do. We move across a lot of things in a short amount of time, give you the snapshot as you go to work. Now, the great thing about BT in this day and age in 2024, we're live and local from 5 a.m. to 8 p.m., and that the other, the bookend of the day, the other end of the day is, of course, breaking with Brett Jensen, and you have uh, gotten most of these candidates and got them in, and not just the D8 race, but but the D8 race in particular, uh, you've had a, a good number of candidates in for long-form sit-down discussions. So if you want to get to know these candidates, you've had every opportunity from a variety of different ways on this station. And so I just want to give you uh, uh, some props because you've done some really uh, good in-depth interviews that I hope people, if they haven't checked out yet, they can go to uh, the podcast section of our website and, and check it out. I mean, if you want to be informed when you go to the voting booth, uh, that goes through through Brett Jensen, and it goes through WBT. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, five of the six candidates have sat in studio with me for a full hour. Had three last week, Don Brown the week before, and uh, Mark Harris was in December. So, yeah, it's um, it's been interesting. You know, I mean, I've had candidates, other candidates on. I had, you know, Lieutenant Governor on, uh, candidate Deanna Ballard on last week or today. As a matter of fact, uh, Hal Weatherman, who um, a lot of people believe to be the front runner on the Republican side, for, uh, for Lieutenant Governor is going to be talking with me for about 30 minutes tonight, as well as we got the Riley Gaines thing. And then tomorrow, the only Republican primary in Charlotte is Senate seat 42, and that's Jamie Daniel and Stacey McGinn. And I have in-depth interviews with each one of them, which is going to air tomorrow. And it's the only Republican primary in all of Charlotte. So I'm trying to get as many candidates as humanly possible. And it's been it's been really interesting getting to know them Um more than just a quick drive-by. So it's been interesting. So it's funny you uh, mentioned drive-by. So you're, you talk to them long enough to sort of hit all the, all the, uh, the targets, right? Well, uh, at the end of the interview was a bit of a drive-by uh, to, to capture just sort of, uh, uh, well, it's word association. And I, I like the fact, uh, I got three examples here, uh, just to sort of reinforce the, the stuff Brett's been doing at night. So this, this comes at the end of a pretty in-depth hour in each case. Um, but it's fun to listen to here because uh, you get an idea of what they think of their competition. Right. So John Bradford, who is a uh, state uh, representative uh, running for D8, was in with you and uh, you you started the word association thing. Um, Okay, so I want to play word association. Okay, you can say one word. You can say a sentence. Just whatever. Whatever thought. Okay. Okay. Don Brown. Attorney. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That's one word. I mean, uh, I mean, you, can, you can expand. Well, you can expand. I mean, when I, well, he's an attorney, and I'm sure a very good one, but I just think attorney. Um, Lee Brown. Um, to stay in theme, she's a proud realtor. Um, what about Alan Balkum? Raises taxes. And finally, Mark Harris. Fraud. Fraud. Yes, fraud. That's pretty. That's that's a that's a pretty strong term right there. Well, I mean, when you when you harvest ballots to win an election, that's a violation of law. I'd say that's fraud. That's John Bradford. Now, uh, you, you have talked to some of the other candidates, but uh, the the you did it with three of them. This word association thing, and um, Lee Brown was actually the first one you did it with, right? Yeah, uh, so, absolutely. So this is Lee Brown. Uh, same deal. Word association with your competitors. So we're gonna play word association. Okay, let's do it. Don Brown. Smart. 
it's so smart. Anything else you want to expand on that? Or are you just going to leave it? I mean, you can talk. You can say as little or as much as you want. Obviously, I mean, I mean. he's loud and smart. <laughs> okay, okay, he does. Like but that. he's a guy I'd want on my team, and that's what I said to you off air. If elected, Don Brown's the kind of guy I'd want to be a a great advisor to me about constitutional law because he's brilliant. Alan Balkum. He's very nice. John Bradford. Opportunist. Mark Harris. Slick. Lee Brown. Hilarious. So that's Lee Brown. And then you had Alan Balkum in on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Alan Balkum uh, did the same thing. You ended the interview with the word association. I want to play word association with you. And you can speak as little or as long okay. as you want on each of these word associations. Don Brown. Smart. Lee Brown. Very nice lady. John Bradford. Foreigner. Mark Harris. Ouch. Explain that one. He keeps changing. Uh, Very smooth, polished. He's never won an election. And, uh, but he keeps running. And uh, I asked him early on to uh, seriously look at his candidacy because there was three, three components. One is that it's not good for Christianity. Second, for his family. And third, for the Republican Party. So there's a snapshot with three of the candidates you had in uh, doing the, the word association about who they're running against. Yeah, you know, the reason I did that was because when Lee, when I was interviewing Lee, she really wasn't saying much about any of the candidates. And, you know, I, I just wanted to know, all right, what are her thoughts were on the candidates. And it sort of just came to me in the last segment there on that Wednesday night on Valentine's Day. And I liked it, so I thought I would do a carryover with John Bradford, and I got a good response out of it that way. So I said, well, we're just going to do it with Alan Balcom as well. And so, But it was basically because none of the candidates were really saying much about the other candidates, and I just wanted to get their thoughts on them. Uh, they all seem to have an affinity uh, for Don Brown. Yeah. Uh, they have the most to say, it sounds like, uh, about Mark Harris. Now, we didn't uh, hear it from Mark Harris or Don Brown because, like you just said, uh, they, those were before uh, you had the occasion to do the thing with Lee Brown. And that, that sort of went so well, you, you carried it over with the, uh, the next two guys you talked to. That's exactly right. That's exactly how it happened. And, you know, like you said, you know, Mark Harris was in December, the Thursday before Christmas, and Don Brown was the week before I spoke to Lee Brown and them on the 14th, so it was around the seventh or so when he and I spoke. So yeah, it was. Um, but I thought it was actually, I thought it was actually pretty good, and I liked it so much that I figured that's going to be one of my things that I start doing going forward when I talk to politicians. It's like, all right, we're just going to play word association with the, other, the names of the other candidates. And remind us uh, who's on tonight. So we got Hal Weatherman. Many people believe that he is the leading candidate on the Republican primary for lieutenant governor. He's coming in uh, with me for 30 minutes today. And then also, as you mentioned, Riley Gaines, um, who I had a chance to speak to yesterday and will be going out to her event today at 4 o'clock to see if there are any protests out there at UNC Charlotte. Hal Weatherman, who once upon a time was the campaign manager for... Damn Force. Oh, I was going to say Dan Force, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I'm going a little further back. Uh, Sue Myrick is when I first met him uh, when he was uh, uh, when yep. he was doing things with That's her. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, 
We have something coming up that is off the beaten path for what you and I have been talking about, but we have uh, some exciting news about what's happening this summer right down the street at uh, Truist Field. Nice. 11, 10, I know, I know, I know. You don't play jingles on your show. I, know, I, I just didn't realize we were going back to 1974. I, that caught me off guard a little bit. Hey, do you even know me? <laughs> Brett Jensen, Bo Thompson, Beth Troutman's off today. And uh, you may be saying, wait, wait, wait. That's a sky show. That's a sky show jingle. What is going on here in February? Well, I'm here to tell you. In studio is one of our favorite people, Dan Rakowski with the Charlotte Knights, and here to make a very special announcement about Sky Show 2024. Well, here we go again. I know. <laughs> Looking forward to But I was trying to count the number of years. I think it's 18 or 19 since we um, we started back in Fort Mill and thrilled to be able to put it on again with WBT and our partners to July 4th at Sky Show. I think both of you, uh, both of us would have said back in that, that, that first one we did together that uh, if we would have been doing this all those years in the future, then we must be doing something right, right? Yeah, we figured it out. We it's fig- been something special. It really has. And by the way, congratulations to you and Matt Dubois and the entire team. I was just talking to you off the air, but what a tremendous success that uh, Light the Nights and the, the outdoor game with uh, the Charlotte Checkers. I mean, uh, I have watched uh, things evolve there, uh, and, and of course, the, the, the first and foremost thing you think about is uh, making the move from Fort Mill, but uh, really evolving things and growing things and never resting on your laurels and just continuing to develop that uh, that game experience both during the baseball season and in the offseason, Dan. And you guys have had a tremendous year uh, down the street uh, with the Charlotte Knights. Well, we really have, you know, and I, I've said this so often that this is the result of COVID. We started when we didn't play baseball in 2020. We had to figure out something creative to do, and we started this small little festival where people could get outside and socially distance. I can't believe we're using that word again. And, and it's evolved into 164,000 people came through in a five-week period, and then we sold out the, the checkers game, as you had mentioned. 11,000 people for outdoor hockey, the first one minor league hockey game in the southeast. And just a really great winner. And, um, you know, you, you finish baseball and you start with all these other things, and we're clearly a year-round destination. Absolutely, and I, I uh, so the big news today and yesterday was the uh, unveiling of the uh, uh, the promotional schedule for the Charlotte Knights. You know the celebrity nights that you're going to have, the special theme nights that you have throughout the season, and we'll get to some of those in a minute. But here we go. Uh, July fourth this year is the return of Sky Show 2024. This is going to be on uh, the actual. We we say that because there have been a few years here and there where it wasn't actually on July fourth, but this year it's July fourth, and it is. The Charlotte Knights in action that night. That's right. Against Jacksonville, um, we've mentioned it's been a staple for years. And certainly when we brought it to Uptown, I've often said this is the gift that WBT and the Knights give to the, the citizens of the center city of Charlotte. Is people come from all over the, the region to watch the largest fireworks show in the southeast. And we're glad to be able to put that on again this year. Well, one of the first things that I said to Brett here when he first got to the station, and if you remember, Brett, one of the first things I, I pulled you out to, I said, you got to yeah. come to Sky Show. Yeah. you got to see what this is all about because this is really the, the centerpiece event of each year uh, that WBT puts on for the city, and we joined forces with the Knights all those years back, and it it's an awesome it's an awesome night. It's an aw- it's, I always say this, and it's not hyperbole. It's, it's my favorite night to work for the station the entire year. Well, it really is, and I think the most important part is is the, the the way that we celebrate and honor our veterans and the armed forces, and 
that's really something special. If people haven't had an opportunity to witness that, I think they do when the, when they all come out and and they play each one of the uh, of the songs and the, of the branches. I think it's just a, a very emotional type thing, and that's followed by a great fireworks show. You know, I've said for you know ever since I've been with BT that you know, and you, you start reading the promos and WBT Sky Show, and you're reading the commercials leading into it, and everything is selling the tickets. I've said this every single year, and I think Bo will back me up on this that this is true. I think the Sky Show is the best date night in all of Charlotte because you go there, you watch a baseball game, you relax, you're outside, whatever. And is there anything better than reaching over and getting a smooch while the fireworks are going off? <laughs> it is the best. Whether you've been married for 30 years or it's a first date, I think, and I've said that for five years now, I think Sky Show is the best date night in all of Charlotte. Well, um, it, it is it is getting people together, that's for sure. Um, well, and I'll double down, I'll, I'll say it's the best family night as well. It's the best, look, no matter what category you fall into, uh, if, you ha- if you are in Charlotte or near Charlotte and you haven't been to Sky Show yet, you need to come because uh, Charlotte Knights baseball is great on its own. WBT is great listening on its own, but when you combine the two, two entities together, that's what I love because you guys know how to do it and we know how to do it and we know how to do it together. Well, it's it's been really great to partner with you guys, and and you help us promote it. You make that evening and and do the the things outside of this particular game and the fireworks show. But it is a special evening. We encourage people to tickets are on sale. They start now, so if you're thinking about it and listening, go ahead and purchase them now because it does sell out fast. Yeah, I'm glad you said that really because fast. we're in we're in February, but it's going to be here before you know it uh, as we start the ramp up. Now let's. Uh, Let's talk about some of the other exciting things on the calendar because uh, I got I got the notes yesterday and knew about Sky Show and wanted to talk about that. But we have some other uh, celebs coming out to the park this this season. Dan Rakowski. Well, we do. You know, we've got Brady Anderson. That and when we we started this a few years ago, when we played affiliates of certain major league teams, whether it's the Yankees, Mets, we try to tie in a celebrity, former player, um, to those. It's been extremely successful. We got Bartolo Colon coming back in. He played for us. I don't know. He played into his fifties, I think. He's, yeah, pretty he played close. a lot of years. He may, he may suit up that night and go in for he, some relief, right? You're right. He <laughs> probably still can pitch. And, um, and then we got Johnny Damon coming in when we play the Yankees. So I think mm-hmm. it's, it's it's something that fans enjoy. And then we we've also tied things into the office where we have celebrities coming in. Seinfeld. Um, so it's really you check the schedule, check it out, come and see these people. They're very friendly. Uh, opportunity to get autographs, photo, photographs with them. It's just a special part of what we do on our promotional schedule. So Johnny Damon, uh, Cologne, you got uh, Brady Anderson, and of course a lot of the uh, the, the fun nights, and the, and then we'll, we'll we talk about it through uh, you know during the week leading up to it. So we'll uh, keep you abreast of what's going on. I know Tommy will let us know when additions are made, and you know it's a it's a, a, a living breathing uh, sort of schedule as you get into the the summer months. But it's a great uh, like I said, it's year round, but the summer is what is your bread and butter. Well, it is, and you know with as many games as we have playing 75 home games you've got to create something new and active every night you know winning is not always the primary thing we've seen that a little bit where teams struggled last year and how do you get people to come out and i think it's the opportunity to have a good night enjoyable night walk out and and whether winning or losing uh you've enjoyed yourself and you've had a good time and isn't the the stadium still like routinely every single year either ranked number one or in the top two or three of the best ballparks in the country well, it really is. A lot's due to the skyline, but it's it's just that's right inside the center city. People that have come there know it's very uh, 
just a very electric atmosphere when you do come in and it is ranked at the top i think it's a lot of credit you know when we talk about attendance we talk about skyline view talk about just the beautiful ballpark and Great place to be and spend time with your friends and family. And uh, we should also mention, uh, first and foremost, April 2nd is opening night uh, at the ballpark. That's right. Playing Norfolk, who's the defending champions. But um, look forward to It'll be here before we know. You know, as you mentioned earlier, we just finished our winter festival. I think just come up for air and we're starting baseball and spring training already. Is that the old Tidewater Mets? Norfolk, are they a Mets it is. Yep. The old Tidewater You're, Mets? Exactly okay. right. So, uh, and again... July 4th, the Knights play the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, 4th of July. It is WBT Sky Show 2024 uh, in partnership with the Charlotte Knights. Dan, it's always great to see you. Great to see you guys. Thanks, Bob. So glad that we're doing this again. And yes, Brett, I've got one more here for you. All right. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Brett Jensen, got one more segment here coming up. And had a chance to talk to Congressman Ralph Norman earlier in the show today. What is next for Nikki Haley? And by next, I mean what's coming up at noon today in South Carolina. She has a speech. There's a lot of speculation about what that might be. So we'll get to uh, that. I asked him about it, and you'll hear what he said before we get out of here. The road to election 2024 goes through Good Morning BT. Mr. Trump, welcome to Charlotte Radio. Good morning, Bob. Nikki Haley. You have a unique voice that you bring to the table. Good morning. It's great to be with both of you. The biggest names. Well, I appreciate you making some time for us here in Charlotte on WBT. Great city. The biggest year. Welcome to the District 8 North Carolina Republican Congressional Debate. Continuing coverage of all the campaigns. Jeff Jackson. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Congressman Dan Bishop. Good morning, Bo. Beth. Hi. Bo and Beth take you all the way to November. Talking to U.S. Senator Tim Scott here on Good Morning BT. Thank you, Bo and Beth. It's good to be with y'all. This is Good Morning BT. Final moments here. Bo Thompson and Brett Jensen. Beth Troutman's off today. So, in about two hours, Nikki Haley is going to make a speech in South Carolina. And we're not sure exactly what this speech is about. But it's it's interesting timing. Because we're just a few days away from the South Carolina primary. She has said repeatedly that she's not getting out of the race. And yet today... Campaign says she's delivering a speech to address the state of the presidential race. Yeah, that's an odd... Like you said, I think most people are speculating that she may be getting out. I, I mean, I don't understand why she would do it now. I mean, I mean, you're four days away, five days away from Saturday and the primary day. I mean, I, I don't know why you would wa- wave the white flag in your state. I mean, she knows she's going to get beat. She knows she's probably going to get beat very handily. So, I, I don't know. I mean... It's a it's a double edged sword. If you do damned if you do, damned if you don't type situation. But it's a that I do find that odd, Bo. So uh, I was talking to Winterbull earlier today. He believes she's getting out of the race uh, today. I had uh, Congressman Ralph Norman from District Five, and he's uh, one of the highest profile politicians in South Carolina that is um, supporting Nikki Haley. Uh, most of them are supporting President Trump. We know that. 
I had Congressman Norman on earlier today, and I asked him about uh, this announcement or this speech that uh, is coming in a few hours. Appreciate you being here. I, I want to start, and you are a well-known supporter of Nikki Haley. We talked to you a, a few weeks ago about the status of the race, and uh, one of the things that is are percolating this morning is that Nikki Haley's campaign uh, says that she's delivering a speech today to address the state of the presidential race. This is, as I understand it, supposed to happen around noon. Uh, what do you know about that? Can you tell us anything about what we might expect to happen here? Well, what you will have is a, and I don't know the specifics, but uh, it'll be an inspiring speech. It'll be, as only Nikki can give, it'll be a plan for the future. And uh, it'll be a great, uh, great address that, um, that she's excited about uh, giving. I do understand there'll be some new things, but I'll let her go through the details with that. All right. Well, you know I have to ask this because uh, people are going to speculate. It's a bit of an odd time to do the, a speech like this. Uh, is there any reason to believe that she may be giving this speech because she's going to get out of the race? I, I was with her all yesterday in all the stops in Camden and Greer and, and Greenville. And, no, she you know, laid out her plans for after Saturday. And um, and it was you know she's 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 in this thing uh, now I'll let her put in her own words what what she wants to cover but as of last night it was a um, you know all hands on deck she's moving like she has been with her schedule and I think um, I think it'll be a great speech that um, that every everyone will enjoy so Ralph Norman that's what he said about today. Um have to listen and find out. I mean, he was with her all of yesterday, as she said, as he said, and uh, didn't get any kind of indication. But that that doesn't mean anything in politics. We know how it works. So we'll just have to all wait and see. And either uh, she's going to stick it out until at least Saturday. She has said recently beyond Saturday. And she said that to Beth and me last week. But we know how thing how fast things can change in politics. So we'll see. Yeah, you know, and listening to him, it almost makes it feel like maybe. And I mean, I'm sure I'm just grasping at straws here, but it almost maybe sounds like that she's going to say, look, if I don't win this Saturday, I am out or something of that effect. Um, so I, just because by listening to him, it makes it sound like she's not going to pull out before Saturday, but maybe will after Saturday if it's a, a rousing defeat or she's not even close or even if she lo- it is close and she loses because that is her home state. You know, the whole theory is if you can't win your home state, how are you going to win the other 49? Right. And so, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, that's really, that's listening to him talk, I, I mean, he obviously knows what's going to happen, but he's just not really giving much info. State of the race address today at noon in Greenville. So uh, stay tuned for more news on that. Real quick, before we get out of here, breaking Brett Jensen and the first WBT Cigar Club meetup of 2024 is happening on Leap Year, or on Leap Day, February 29th. Leap Year Day, yeah. Leap Year Day. Yeah. Does that mean it only happens every four years? Uh, apparently. That's <laughs> <laughs> when I proposed to my wife. It was on February 29th. Well, there actually. you go. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you only have to do the anniversary once every four years. Congratulations, Thank Bernie. Thank you, Brett. You got it, man. <laughs> you got to figure get, it out. Next time, get married on the 29th. <laughs> Thursday, February, February 29th, 6 to 9, at the Vintage Whiskey and Cigar Bar in Gastonia. You can go watch Brett do his show. You can browse premium cigar brands, including Cohiba. Enjoy giveaways and specials courtesy of the Vintage. It's the WBT Cigar Club with Brett Jensen. 
Email cigar at WBT.com for reservations. Yeah, I'm really, really excited about this. This will be the first uh, the first one of this. So this will be the inaugural event of the Cigar Club, and we'll hit different areas. But I can tell you this. There is no better-looking cigar club in our area than the vintage in Gastonia. It is absolutely gorgeous. Like, it, like, it, like there's a lot of money put in that store, and it's beautiful, and they got top brands of the liquor, hard-to-find bourbons and scotches or beer or whatever it is you want, and it is an exceptional place, and I am really looking forward to hanging out there and smoking a cigar while on air. Thursday, February 29th, so it's coming up. Yeah. Six to nine. Be there or be square. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. You can't hang out with Brett Jensen and be square. You know that. <laughs> All right, man, uh, your show tonight, 7 o'clock. Riley Gaines, the uh, the full interview. Yep. And uh, who else tonight? Hal Weatherman, the Hal leading Weatherman. candidate for lieutenant governor on the Republican side, or at least many people think he's the leading candidate uh, in the re- lieutenant governor primary. So got him for, I think, about 30 minutes tonight. And remember, Sky Show 2024 returns to Truist Field on July 4th against Jacksonville. All right, big show today. Thanks to Bernie. Thanks to Tommy. Thanks to everybody. Uh, and uh, hopefully get Beth back tomorrow. Brett Jensen, we'll see you tonight, man. All right, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot.